Blog Talk Radio. better team now than we were then. I'm not looking at just this year, I'm looking at the next four years. You're listening to The Net Line with Barney. You didn't win, so you must not have done a good job. And DJ Ruscha. I have great thighs. It's The Net Live right now. Indeed. Boom. Nice packed golf shirt, Jeremy. Thanks, Kevin. Nice uh, pop zit on the middle of your forehead that now I'm staring at because uh, you just told me about it, and now I can't look at you. <laughs> you know, I didn't, look in, I didn't look in a mirror this morning. Apparently. Until right before the show. Thanks for bringing that up on the air. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Net Live. <laughs> it is April 14th, 2014. That's 4-14-14, and the day before your taxes are due. So, if you haven't gotten it done... You're about to suck it <laughs> tomorrow. I read something today that every date this week is the same forward and backwards. Really? Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I guess it would be. Interesting. That's you cool. You get ones on either side? Yeah. 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 Freak right. me out. Not going to lie to you. <laughs> uh, do you remember the old days with taxes? Do you remember they used to keep what like, that, what the, that the post offices open and they would have people out there grabbing them? Yeah. They would always do like a, a television hit for the evening news. Is that not the case anymore? No, because everybody e-files. Yeah, that's true. Like, <laughs> there's no lines. Everybody I mean, driving by the post office at 11.59 on uh, Tuesday evening. The post worry, office is open up late. It was like Christmas for the post office. They wave at mm-hmm. people and, hey, thanks a lot. You'd see, you'd see miles of idling like Chevettes and Camaros. Chevettes. <laughs> it was like 1986, whatever. Yeah. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen. We have a show planned for you today, College Volleyball Weekly. I know Jay and Robbie can't wait. They cannot wait to get at it because we've had some stuff happening. In college volleyball this past week, playoffs now underway or about to get underway. We will have, in the vein of that, we will have Bill Ferguson of USC, who spent the week waiting, just watching. How tough was that? Ugh. We'll ask him about it. I hope it included golf and beer. That might have helped his cause a little. <laughs> and we have John Costi of Stanford. John Costi of Stanford, perhaps the hottest team entering. BYU on a slide, although number one. Pepperdine playing well. Some Still some questions about their roster and their healthiness. Stanford, senior experience. We're expected to be awesome this year. Dropped a bunch of five-set matches early in the year. But they have recently gone on the form. I think we expected from them the early part of this season. They have 11 straight wins entering the playoffs. And they are, in my mind, the favorite. So we'll have to talk to John Costi about his Stanford team and the journey they've gone on so far this year. We'll go over the playoff brackets and so on for Division One. We also have Division Three. We'll go over that playoff bracket. It is set. We'll give them a little bit of love. And we have the Lloyd Ball finalist award winners announcement. That's a TNL exclusive. Thanks Ooh. to Vinny Lopes on, off the block. We have the finalists for the Lloyd Ball Setter of the Year Award. And the general stupidity you've come to expect here on the Net Live. I thought you were going to give out an award for that, too. <laughs> I would <laughs> win it most weeks. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. The MPSF and the madness that it was yep. coming down to playoff time had me in Seattle on Saturday night 
motorcycles on track, fireworks going off, monster girls in front of me. Lots of drinking going on. I've heard it's a lot of called drink already. Yeah. I mean, you've seen these monster girls, and I'm looking at my iPad on Volley Talk following the scores. That's how exciting it was. I had all that going on. I wanted to know what was happening, who was in, who was out. Was UCLA going to beat BYU, which they did in four, three sets to one? Was Hawaii going to come back and beat Pepperdine? No. So Hawaii out. But I was watching volleyball. Horny for volleyball. Uh, thank you, Chris McGee. That was the voice of like uh, Christmas's past right yeah. there. Voice of TNL past. I don't know if it was going to scare you. <laughs> Like, what am I? Is Jacob Marley coming in next? Who would that be, Dan Madden? <laughs> yeah, man, it was uh, it was something else. It came down to the last night, and, and you had a question coming in about UCLA. Yeah, how do you go from maybe not making it to fifth in one weekend? Because <laughs> it's that gnarly, right? It's that gnarly. I did UCLA Cal Bath on Thursday night at Poly Pavilion. It was as expected. A win for the TV crew. Yeah. I was home by 10 o'clock. Sorry, Cal Baptist. And, and Wes Schneider, I love you. You're a great dude. Alan Vince, your assistant coach, also a great dude. And an awesome artist. Artiste. Artiste. Have you seen his work? No. I'll show you some pictures. It's okay. gnarly. He makes, like, robots out of junk. Nice. Pretty awesome. Is that what all the construction is in the back of your house? Uh, that's still going on. If you hear that, we're still working on the patio. <laughs> But Wes Schneider and Alan Vince, I love you guys. You're awesome. Your team sucked, and it's not necessarily your fault. I love that you keep throwing that. At. You suck. <laughs> like they don't, uh, like they don't, you're great, but let me qualify like this. They you don't, still suck. Yeah, like they don't know that they're not good. Jeremy. Jeremy. I was there. I was at the match. That's true. Four not. and 24. Yeah, that's not good. For sure. Yeah, you put not good in caps? Well, you do need to rub it in. They know they're not good. I understand. I'm just letting our listeners know. This is not meant for consumption for Wes. It's not meant to beat Wes and Vince up. Hopefully they're not listening, is what you're saying. Well, I would love them to listen. But I love their team. I love what they're doing. They're actually, Wes is going to get his first real recruiting class in this year. This is just his second season. Yeah, that's fine. That's... And here's the thing with Cal Bab, is they were coming out of their previous, what was it, NAIA designations. They had all these Division One illegal ineligible players last year that were kind of grandfathered in, yeah. they were pretty darn good. And this year, honestly, coming into the season, I thought that the storyline going into last night's match would have been UCLA already has a playoff berth secured. They're already in whatever, fifth, fourth, third, something like that. They're going to play their backup guys. Will they play their starters would have been the question. And Cal Bap needs a win to get in or something. <laughs> UCLA doesn't have any healthy starters, so it was still that kind of a question, <laughs> but yes. So that, that would have been the storyline I wrote beginning – of the season in January. But the storyline was far different. It was yeah. UCLA has to have this match, and Cal Bap is playing for pride. Yep. So Cal Bap finishes at 4-24, and 2-22 and 22 in the MPSF. That's a tough season. And their two wins were UC San Diego? Yeah, UC San Diego and maybe Pacific. I can't remember. I might have written it down here, but I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, they, I mean, coming in, they had lost five straight. They had lost in that five-sitter to Erskine, and they also lost to UCSD. Their last win was March 4th. That's a tough road to hoe right there. Not very many matches in a very long stretch of time. Oof. Oof. So, Cal Bap, we'll see you again next year. I would like to have seen the UCLA match BYU on Saturday, yeah. especially after seeing them on Thursday, because they didn't look 
yeah, they beat Cal Bap 3-0. Right. But they didn't look extremely dominant. No. Um, and some of that could have been their opponent. You know, they're uh, not playing up to par, playing down to their opponent a little bit, knew they were going to win, we're just going to go through the motions. Like, I get that. So that's why I would have been interested to see the match on Saturday at the Wooden Center, which held about mm, 1,500 people. In bleachers meant for 20. Yes. The question is, did you feel like this is back to BYU, what everybody at BYU does when people come there, or they're sitting two feet away, screaming oh, in your would, face? Yeah. Did, and nice. did they get the home or refereeing you get at BYU? I hope That's so. That's the question. <laughs> but they, did we confirm that they win in four or, th- or five? They won in four. UCLA over BYU in four, and then now they're number five in the playoffs. So I had the joy of being in Kansas City, Missouri this weekend. Ooh. So who played for UCLA? I didn't even. I haven't seen nothing on it. I did. Yep. Page played. Is he still broken? Maybe he's got bone chips. Right. Ooh. So he's in for now. The which is good. Issue at this juncture. And they've played three different setters. Yeah. They said four, but I think I, I only counted three. I've, I've read four. At least three liberos. And. What was the other one? The rotating middles, right? They have side. rotating middles. I mean, kind of... it's crazy. So they had Steve O'Dell back setting. Excited. Outside they had Gonzalo Quiroga, who continues to be awesome. And if you watch him play, he moves and acts like Reed Pretty. Huh. They move almost identically. They're about the same size. Oh, Gonzalo's maybe a little smaller. Yep. It's amazing. Not a bad person to uh, model yourself yeah, after. Yeah, if you're going to emulate no. somebody, might as well pick the best. Uh, yeah, or his brother, who's the captain of the Argentinian national team, or his father, who's a multiple-time well, Olympian. Was or his head. What you're saying is the genetics were there. Got it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Once he can start shaving his head, is the question. <laughs> well, hopefully he doesn't go the pretty route. He'd have to. <laughs> uh, but then in the middle, they they continue to have in the middle. Kirsten and. Well, Kirsten has been when he's healthy in there 100 percent of the time. Now they've left in the middle, Mitch Stahl, mm-hmm. freshman. He plays kind of like Euro style. <laughs> and now the big move was Spencer Rowe to the opposite. Huge move. Spencer yeah. Rowe to the opposite. Hasn't played opposite in a couple of years. He's tearing it up. He actually, on Thursday, he was the one that I'm going to assume had the best uh, percentage in putting the balls away because every time I he, feel like they set him, he put it away. He hit like 600. Yeah. Yeah, and in the previous two matches, he had 43 kills. He had 466. He had 27 points against CSUN and 21 against Long Beach. He had 55 kills in the last three matches leading into that BYU one. Yeah. i got to look up the stats for the BYU, and I have not had a chance to check that out. But, uh, yeah, Spencer Rowe, congratulations, buddy. You're doing a nice job in that opposite spot. The really funny part is they, it's the way that positions have changed around. If you remember a few weeks ago, UCLA had a setter playing libero and a outside hitter. No, a setter playing outside and a libero playing setter. Yep. Mm-hmm. Then in the same match, the setter became the libero. Mm-hmm. That was Smith, Hagen Smith. So, random stuff happening. Now, the guy who's played opposite for most of the year, Jackson Bannell, he's the libero. Yeah. Huh. And Hagen Smith went from playing in one of two starting spots to sitting on the bench. <laughs> happens. Yeah. It's, well, not like that usually. You know what? That's Anything all over the happen. place. <laughs> got to do what you got to do. Yeah. And I hope UCLA cheated because BYU deserves it. It's <laughs> <laughs> the worst. BYU is the worst. Would you rather them win fair and square and not have to cheat? No. And say suck it no, that No, I, I want BYU to get a little of their own medicine oh, yeah, and get really upset. There's got to be somewhere else in the country that's as crappy to play at as BYU. I love the McGowns. I, I love those guys. But the bottom line is that I've never, 
even <laughs> well no I, I'm gonna <laughs> take that back I can't <laughs> I can't go there because I've seen some really bad refereeing overseas <laughs> not professional leagues but national yeah. teams when you're playing friendlies like in Poland not so friendly. is that a quote unquote friendly <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> not so friendly. Not when you're so playing friendly. unfriendlies yeah <laughs> I've seen some horrific calls and non calls like Polish guy rolling a ball out in the middle of a rally and that kind of stuff. It's just, I've nice. seen that happen. So I can't take them all the way to the worldwide leaders, but I would give them the United States championship. Oh, they are holders pretty... of the United States championship belt for Homer referee. <laughs> Congratulations, BYU. Although... And don't try to deny it either. Don't come on here, Ryan Millar, Rich Lamborn, any of the McGowns. Don't come on here and say it's not true. You are lying, and that is against your religion. You cannot lie. But BYU gets a ton of credit. They do an outstanding broadcast. Yes. Web broadcast. High quality. The gym is rocking every time. They do a great job with that. I mean, everything about that, except for the crappy refereeing, is great. Now, it's a place nobody wants to play in, but I bet you if you're the home team. Oh, you love it. Love it. Love it. Who wouldn't want to play at that kind of a place? No doubt. If you're on that team. Yes, if you're Mormon and go to BYU. I know who doesn't want to play there is Bill Ferguson. We're going to have him here at uh, 1030. He plays in BYU. Mm-hmm. They're going to BYU this Nothing week. We'll like talk to Bill about Utah. dealing with those referees. Question. How do you get to Provo? Do you have to fly into Salt Lake? Yeah, when you drive to Salt Lake City. The, okay. yep. I've never you been drive there. an hour 10 south or something That's like that. That's not terrible, actually. I thought no, it's an easy enough. trip. Nice hotel, good campus, nice facilities. I give BYU a lot of props. Just stop cheating. <laughs> well... <laughs> the question is, did they pay the referees, or are the referees just that bad? That Obviously, they just... God wants them to win, <laughs> so he uh, touches the referees and tells him what, what they want to do. Touches them, Wait, huh? isn't there like a... Uh, it's not like that, Kevin. <laughs> it's always like That's that. That's only in the Catholic Church. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> that is correct. Oh, I love it. Um, in, the, in the shocking news file this morning, breaking news on my phone. We will put this under the Brian Boitano is gay file. <laughs> that it's just news that'll blow you away. Michael Phelps ended his retirement and says he's going to swim in Rio. Like I shocking. Saw, I know I saw that on SportsCenter, like a little thing that went by. I was like, I, okay, is that new? yeah. What's the next story? Because I knew that was going to happen. Was that like the the next <laughs> the Brittany Griner coming out story that they yeah. all over? Yeah, Brittany yeah, Griner yeah. was like, the other one. And you were like, yeah, yep, really, yep, <laughs> shocking. <laughs> I mean, who cares? Like, when he retired, it wasn't like it was in the middle of the season or, like, no one cared about swimming at that time. And did he really think he was going to retire? I'm going to file this under the grass is green and the sky is blue category. Well, does that mean he got, like, a year or two without having to take any drug tests? Because that could have helped. That could be true, too, yeah. Yeah, and you have to re-enroll 18 months, it used to be. I'm not sure what it is now, but 18 months before. So that may have something to do with the announcement coming now. Could it have been a TV thing? They're like, oh, this is Michael's last Olympics, so you need to tune in and watch him swim. Oh, that's no, what they no, kept no, saying, no, right? They kept back. Yeah, no, he's he's well, I back. I guess when he wins seven or eight gold medals in an Olympics. Uh, no, not not seven or eight. You're short there, I believe. You're okay, shorting the man. Just eight in the last Olympics, right? I mean, I he got a whole bunch more. I but... think it's eleven. Is the number I remember. Eleven in one Olympics? No, eleven total. I I thought he got like gold seven of them in one. Yeah. Yeah. Eight one because he. Marcus, but whoever he tied with or went ahead of somebody who had seven or something. Yeah. So Again. shocking Olympic news. Felt back. But I always say too, like. You, as an athlete, you perform as long as you think you physically can, mm-hmm. whether you're at the top of your game or not. Because once you're done, you can't do it anymore. Can't yeah, it. yeah. I, I don't care about the retire-unretire thing. No. As sports writers, most of whom have never, ever done much, 
And I, I can't – there's only a couple that I can think of that were professional athletes. I, I've read of a couple guys that are now sports yeah. writers yeah. who are actual former professional athletes. Yeah. Bill Plasky, he never played any. No. Woody – what's his name? Oh, Woody Page. Woody Page, never played any. From Denver. Really good at talking about stuff. Excellent. Love him. Watch him on TV. I, I like both those guys. Actually, Woody's kind of grown on me, sadly. <laughs> um, and I like Plasky a lot. Uh, but those guys never played. Correct. They need to back off. And I don't know that they're doing it, but they're, they're, they're In the people. past, there have been things that they have done where you're like, slow your roll there, buddy. I don't care if Favre is coming and going. Could care less. I don't care if Phelps comes and goes. I don't care if Misty comes and goes. Yeah. Love By her. all means. Love for her to come back. If you can still play, play. come back and play. That's why Jordan kept playing. Yeah, yeah Jordan. Jordan would play That's right now if he could. He's going to ruin his legacy. No, he's not. No, he's not. <laughs> Nobody even remembers that he played for the Bobcats and the Wizards. Nobody. Well, first of all, he didn't play for the Bobcats. Whatever. He Managed the Bobcats. The Bobcats. Didn't he? He, he owned, he owned them. Bobcats. I thought he did play no, for them. Just nope. the Wizards. Homie. Just the Wizards. Just the Wizards. See? Exactly. Who cares? Who cares? Yeah. Nobody yeah, cares. There was, a, there was a foray into baseball in there, too, that nobody talks about either. I like that. Yeah. Get out there and do it. Tracy McGrady tried to play baseball this year. Yeah. Whatever. Have I, at it. If you can do it, do it. Why not? If I could ride moto, I'd do it. <sighs> Drink. Oh, <yeah>. See? <laughs> See? It's going to be a very <laughs> drunk show. Yeah, people right are, in there. People are hammered right now. Right in there. No, it, listen, if I could play another sport professionally, if I had made so much money that I could just dedicate myself to training for something else full-time, why not? Reed's going to play golf. <laughs> he thinks. He's playing golf right now. Ryan Millar thinks he's going to do it, too, or thought he was going yeah, to join the senior PGA. But why not? If you're an Have athlete, at it. Yeah. If you think you can, then go for it. Absolutely. Yep. I 100% support you. I will drive Reed's golf cart around for him all day long. Okay, you're going to caddy? Oh, do I have a caddy? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I can't just drive the golf cart? You're like, uh, Drink I th- drive golf cart? Got it. I think you should have a floater here. You're like, uh, Jeremy. Yeah, if he asks me what club he needs. Yeah. I... Spatchy. What? Yeah, one, one. one with a handle on it. <laughs> <laughs> the shiny one. Um, I would like to break some news that was broken on our uh, chat room. Oh. Uh, Matt Garthoff, and this is a save-the-date situation. Has been talking to USAV and attempting to here comes bring barbecue number three. On three, three apparently. It says three on there. Okay. Last year was probably the big one. He may have done it before. Regardless, June seventh, Long Beach. Save the date. June seventh. June seventh. June seventh. Put that in the calendar right now. That, was, that would be the weekend the men are playing at the pyramid. Yep. So it's June seventh. Really, you're going to be there anyways, so come to the barbecue. Ball, B, Q. Can I bring my? Uh, old Reed Pretty Head and Clay Stanley Ace cards that I still have left from the former yes. Volby Q. Yep. Okay. Why is it Volby Q3? When was Volby Q1? Well, Matt's, on, Matt's listening, so maybe he'll answer. Okay. This is apparently Volby Q3. I hope it's not. Like, Unless he's planning for next year already. <laughs> We're saving the date for 2015. I hope it's not like a slasher flick where we, uh, we just keep doing the Volby Qs because they make money, <laughs> not because they're really that good. <laughs> I was having that discussion about it at an event. There's a particular Supercross event that we keep going to in Oakland that is just it is the worst stadium we go to. Gardoff's calling you out saying you were at Volby Q1 and 2. How do you not remember? What's Volby Q1? Oh, because it didn't have like the big component. It was... Was it a Norseca tourney? Because that's what. Yeah, you yeah, that's right, that's right. It's Was just what it didn't have the scale it? of Volby Q2, I guess, and that's why. Volby Q1 was I showed up at Gardhoff's house, <laughs> and nobody was there because it had gotten moved. I think I missed it, or maybe I showed up late or something. This 
And I quote, I fed you sausages at barbecue one. <laughs> That's a quote from Gardhoff on the chat room. Gardhoff, it's a busy life. I'm sorry, man. I fed you sausages. That's a little weird to hear. This is a family show. I'm going to keep all further comments to myself. <laughs> Two weeks in a row, you yes. really had to stifle your I know. creativity over there. Barbecue, this is not a family show. I don't know when you... There are not people huddled around the hearth and the old school radio in the 50s listening to this program. Listening for, coming up next, The Shadow. This is not uh, that, that era. Barbecue 3, June 7th. Book it in your calendar and plan on going to the match afterwards there at the Long Beach Pyramid. wonder if I can get into the Pyramid. Wonder if, uh, wonder if I'm allowed or if I'm on a band list down there. Probably. I'm going to get uh, media credentials so I can just walk around wherever I want. Wait, can I get media credentials Sure, you're on the show. Well, not officially. I still haven't gotten an intro or any kind of... Uh... That's true. You're not on the intro, Katie. I'm not. I'm not in there. It's a long journey to the intro. I know. Don't so you worry. I'm yeah. Still, I'm still. I, can, Katie, I guess I need fifth Katie, man. I'm status. still not in the photos. <laughs> we took on, photos. All, on all of our marketing stuff. Yeah. Everybody loves Josh Glaze, but I can't get the photos out of him. Oh no, we got the photos of him. You just did not download them, and that link has expired. <sighs> so I will email him and charge. He will charge you 200 bucks to re-upload them. And I don't know where 200 came from. I just felt like throwing that out. Yeah. <laughs> you have no paperwork to back that up? Correct. Um, is there a Title IX issue we have here with Katie not being on the intro? Like, do we need to figure something out? <laughs> there will be a lawsuit if she's that, not in the intro. Is that too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> I don't even have to see the chat board to know who threw yeah. that one out there. <laughs> I'll be moving from podcast to podcast today. I'm going from uh, this podcast. I will immediately go to a motocross, supercross podcast. Drink. That I'm making an appearance on. Now, when you're on that show, if you bring up volleyball, do people have to drink? It gets brought up because... Or do you act- not bring up volleyball because you're on motocross? We actually had a volleyball challenge with one of the motocross journalists a cha- last week. A challenge? A challenge. A challenge. And there was pepper happening in the pit. Nice. Did you win your pepper? Uh, I don't know how you win pepper. I actually, yeah, I get a lot of kills in pepper. <laughs> people know this. Ask Jeff Nygaard. You're the person that nobody wants to pepper with, aren't you? Yes, I was. Yeah, nobody wanted to pepper with me because my arm has one speed. <laughs> and if I don't hit it at that speed, I am erratic. Nice. So if I go full speed, I can hit it to you, but it's coming with some, some mustard. Yeah. So the fact that you're standing three feet away from me, you better be ready. Yes. Yeah. They used to put me with Scott Bunker towards the end of my career because Bunker was just a nutcase. <laughs> BYU guy, he'd go full out all the time. But he was a good pepper partner for me because he didn't care. Speaking of peppering, I was sitting in the second row on the end line watching the match yes. on Thursday. And then, you know, timeouts and stuff, all 36 kids that are sitting on the bench that never, ever play come and right. pepper about two feet in front of me. Right. And one of the kids, who I assume is one of the backup liberos, is peppering, but diving all over the floor. I'm like, what? I, I, I wanted to, what are you doing? A, you're going to get hurt. He's making all kinds of weird noises. The person hitting the ball at him is laughing. They're having a lot of fun. And I was extremely confused. <laughs> That's Mike, what you do. It's, it's effort, Jeremy. Well, no, I get the team. effort, but like he, he's going to hurt himself. It was a workout. He was standing on the end of the bench getting nothing out of this match. Yeah, he either has to go hurts. to the gym afterwards or he's got to move. Well, if he didn't do that, he wouldn't have had to wash his jersey because there would have been no sweat. <laughs> but because he was diving all over the floor, well, every single care, time they... out. Well, you, you, you got to be ready. I'm just confused. you got to be ready. They're not afraid to play like I'm setters for liberos, outside just, hitters for setters. I was just confused with that kid. Yeah. Mm. Let's talk about D3 for a moment. Drink. April 19th, the play-in round. And then it's the 25th, 26th, 27th of April. Who's hosting? Do you know? It's at Juniata. It is at, it is at Juanita? It is at my home school, baby. All right. 
Juniata going to host it. Huntington, Pennsylvania. They are playing in the first round against Kane, although it's spelled Keen, no, so figure that one out. And Springfield awaits the winner of MIT and Endicott. One of your former institutions. One of my former institutions. The winner of Stevens and Baruch is going to get uh, Sunny New Paltz. Sunny New Paltz. State Sunny? University of New York, New Paltz. New Paltz. Sounds like a condition. <laughs> I, well, it's a condition to go there, trust I me. I couldn't hit the ball. That's because you have New Paltz. <laughs> <laughs> Paula Poundstone. I don't know. Uh, okay, so... That's the bracket. Springfield awaits the winner of MIT and Endicott. They are the number one. Riviere is playing Carthage. And I can't say Carthage. Carthage, the Battle of Carthage from Kenosha, Wisconsin. That's the four and five. Sunny New Paltz, even with their condition, they are the number two seed. And they will play the winner of Stevens and Baruch. Then uh, Hunyata and Kane. Juniata? Juniata. Juniata? Really? There's no E. <laughs> How do you get a U sound with no E? You use the Native American pronunciation for the river that it sits on. Oh, is that what it is? Yes. <laughs> is it Algonquin for the good land? Racist. Something like that. Oh, that's Milwaukee. Pardon me. <laughs> Wayne's World reference for you youngsters listening. So Juniata and Keen, Kane, playing in that three versus six. So April 25th is when that round will occur. April 26th and April 27th, semis and finals. You're talking about places that will be small and packed with people. It's actually pretty fun. I went to I went to Carthage in Kenosha, Wisconsin a few years ago and called the D3. I, I actually just called the semis because I had to leave. I had something else going on. But uh, I had a great time. It was fun. Uh, Nazareth was there. Cal Wickens yeah. was there that year. UC Santa Cruz. Jay's alma mater was there. Banana slugs. Yeah, they were slugging it out. I think they may have won. Can't remember. Nope. <laughs> Santa Cruz has never won one, so I think never. So. You better check the internet on well, your. They had the molten. Your laptop. They've never won a molten. <laughs> What's on the chat for, Jeremy? Because you're dying over there. Jay Hossick. <laughs> I'll have to pronounce it for you when he calls in at uh, College Football Weekly. Pronounce <laughs> what? Seriously, tears. Pepperdine. He has a new way that he <laughs> refer to Pepperdine for you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm crying. But the Juniata gym is small, and there's a uh, mezzanine that runs around the top of it. Ooh, so the students old sit school. on top. I mean, it's it'll be jam packed. Will there be peach baskets on the basketball hoops? No, no, but they will get those out of the way in time. <laughs> However, it, it's volleyball is the biggest sport on that campus, and so it's really well attended. It'll be jam packed. We've hosted the women's championship a few times, and cool. It's a good place to be. So if you're at Juniata, you can uh, check this out, or in the area. Where where is Juniata? Huntington, Pennsylvania. It's 25 miles south of Penn State, over the mountain. Really? So Jay will be there. Jay should be there. I was looking where Happy Valley was. I I didn't really know necessarily. It's the middle of nowhere. Dead middle of the state. It's nowhere. Jay was asking why they couldn't get like one or two days worth of good weather over there. It's an easy drive to Williamsport, Pennsylvania, where the Little League World Series is. I told him that you need to move, Jay. Also in the middle of nowhere. The reason is that you need to move. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's take a break here, Jeremy, because we have on the other side Bill Ferguson coming okay. on. Head coach at USC. They are going to travel to face the number one team in the MPSS, BYU, although BYU on a bit of a slide. Three-game losing three match? Yeah. They, I, I, they already, I like SC's chances here. You think they were already looking ahead, maybe? Uh, that's a long ways to look ahead, three matches. It's true. Hmm. Especially when Pepperdine was coming. Pepperdine actually tied. Pepperdine, also known as 
soon to be pronounced differently from Jay Hasek. <laughs> we'll have to wait for that with College Volleyball Weekly. We also have John Costi coming up and uh, more general stupidity as well as the Loy Ball Award finalist announcement. Three players still in the running for that prestigious award being issued by Off the Block and Vinny Lopes. Right back on the Net Live. I definitely don't know that one, Jeremy. It's new. Skrillex. Skrillex. A lot of noise for the Saturday that's morning. All, that's all. I was just trying to wake everybody up. Welcome back to the Net Live. Everybody's drinking already, Katie. It doesn't matter. <laughs> On Volleyball yeah, so Magazine. Right. Yeah. I want to make sure we thank Volleyball Magazine for their support of the show, as well as the ABCA, who sponsors College Volleyball Weekly, and also... 6-8 Clothing, you've heard about them here on this show. They're a new men's apparel company from Seattle, Washington, where I was this past weekend. They design and produce casual clothing for the tall and athletic man. That is the volleyball form right there, boys and girls. The volleyball form. If you know someone who is 6'6 or above, 6'8 has you covered. Don't make your friends, relatives, nieces, nephews, pardon me, nephews, not nieces. Don't make any of those people roll up their sleeves on their so-called long sleeve shirts. See the one I'm wearing right now? Mm-hmm. Pull up the elbows. That's not fashion. That's necessity. <laughs> this is not a 6'8 shirt that I have on currently. Even though it's five below outside, you're still pulling your sleeves up on those crummy little shirts. Dress well, live tall, 6'8 Clothing Company, available at 6, the number 8, clothingcompany.com. Dress well, live tall, 6'8. Get on there and check it out. You put in TNL10, you'll get 10% off of their already fantastic product, that I, myself, spend nearly every day in. Uh, really good stuff, so check them out. Do it. Mark Brandsma, a uh, good guy, owner there. 
worked for a long time in that business. He himself is six foot eight tall. Met him at convention. He's uh, you'll see his ad in the latest volleyball magazine. He's uh, getting into volleyball in a big way. Let's get into a guy who's uh, way into volleyball and has been for a long time. Ever since his pro surfing career finished up, he's been in to boys and men's volleyball. A highly successful boys coach. In his eighth season at the helm of USC, he's done everything but win the national championship. He gets another shot at it this year. His team won five of their last seven matches, and they're on a streak. They're the number eight seed. They sat by the wayside and struggled this year, this week. Just no control. What happened, you two? (laughs) Jeremy, what did I say? Just how you said it, but keep going. <laughs> Let's welcome to the show Bill Ferguson, head coach at USC. Bill, these two are cracking up. What the heck happened? Am I really the right guy to have come on the show right after you do a plug for 6'8 clothing? <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure. Hit the volume up on the button. <laughs> you guys got to go back to your marketing 101 class. Come on. <laughs> Hey, Bill, thanks for taking the time to be here with us. And uh, we know this is a busy time. You guys have your playoff uh, playoff bracket set, but you're in yeah. the playoffs. Man, you guys were waiting all week long. You were finished at 14-10. and 10. What was it like for you and your staff waiting around for the craziness the MPSF to finish up? Uh, it, was a little, it was a little crazy for sure. I, I, there's a whiteboard in my office that – was completely filled up with every scenario possible that was a more than a two-team tie. Uh, so there was 11 different three, four, and five-way tie pi- possibilities. Oh, 11. Uh, uh, and we had all that inked out. I talked to Al Beard and Darren Preston from the MPSF to make sure I had, you know, all, everything correct. Um, and then all of it got shot to heck, and, and it just ended up being probably the simplest way, of course. So Okay, so uh, you have 11, 11 possibilities there. How many different potential opponents did you have? Potential opponents? We weren't really looking at that. We were just looking at where we'd finish. Uh, okay. So it was, out of those 11, we won nine of them and were second in two of them. And that was everything from a five-way tie. There was one of those. There was like four four-way ties, and the rest were three-way ties. You know, and the crazy thing was going into Saturday night, the crazy thing, UCLA was sitting in fifth, and the only team not clinched. And they could have dropped from fifth to out of it. But right. here we were sitting in eighth, clinching a spot. Like how I'd never – I'd never seen anything like that in my time in the MPSF, and I, I talked to Al Beard, our conference commissioner, and I was talking to him about it on the phone last week, and he, he was at a loss for words. I, I mean, we have the equivalent. You know, there's one more team in the league now than there was in 2009, per se. We were 13-9 and nine and went to the national championship match. This right. year, with one more team in the league, the equivalent record at 14-10, and 10, possibly not even in the conference playoffs. Yeah, John... John uh, Spraw was saying that it used to be even 10 wins would get you in a lot of the times. And I sat next to Al Skates on Thursday and asked him the question, have you ever seen it like this? And Al Skates would be the authority. He's been around since the beginning. <laughs> he said, yeah. I've never seen anything like this. <laughs> it was, yeah. It, it's simply ridiculous. Did this, 
did this distract your players at all when you guys are practicing? What did, what did it do to your practices and the mentality of your team? Well, uh, luckily for us, we had the bye at the end, which meant we played over spring break. And our spring break matches w- was the Northridge and Long Beach weekend. And, and so those were obviously hum- just huge for us. Mm-hmm. And so we really hadn't had time to kind of take a break. And so uh, coming off the heels of that weekend, we had to go up and play Stanford Pacific early in the week and then then basically came home and we had scheduled a match on Thursday of the next week to play Concordia to get ready for the pep match. And so we really hadn't had any time off. So we, we actually gave the guys a couple days off. Uh, we tapered our, our training a little bit and really allowed us to kind of, you know, rest the right guys at the right times, work on things at maybe a slower pace, um, and, and really kind of get into some things that we needed to work on. And, and it actually worked out wonderfully, and we were able to have our alumni match on Saturday night. And, uh, again, it was uh, – yeah, we we had Monday off last week. Went Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, or uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Took Friday off. Did the alumni game. Had another couple days, and then we're getting into it now. You guys have made kind of a nice late season push here. Winners of five of your last seven. What have you guys been better at lately? Passing the ball, for sure, and serving the ball even more so than that. We we got into a stretch towards the middle of the year where we we just weren't able to put pressure on other teams serving, so we were relying 100% on our block and defense. And, you know, this this game is, is won in the serve and pass battle almost every night. So we were at a bit of a deficit, and I thought it was actually a credit to our guys that we were able to play as well as we, we were and to kind of keep our head above water. I mean, when we played the Hawaii weekend uh, towards the latter half of February, literally we had every guy float serve. And uh, <clears throat> it ended up working out great. And then we were able to, after that weekend, we were able to start picking it up from the service line. But even two weeks after that, when we played Stanford at our place uh, towards the beginning of March, we still really weren't able to put any pressure on them. And we know what happened in that match. We were, you know, the refs got paid by the hour that night. So um, once that happened, we were start to be able to pick it up from the service line and, you know, had the, had the five-set loss at Santa Barbara, but really kind of felt like we that could have gone either way, beat UCLA, and then started the, you know, the five. That was part, probably the five out of seven where that began. So service for sure. How sweet was the win over UCLA? It came on TV. It was 3-1 at UCLA. Uh, you know, it's always good to, to beat your crosstown rival, uh, and it always feels good. It's... Um, it's the most unique thing in the country to have two two big time schools uh, that close to each other. You know, you look at Duke, North Carolina; they're not that close. You, you know, anywhere anywhere across the country, there's nobody that's you know on top of each other like that within the same city. So, being a part of it is really special, and and to be able to have it go back and forth. And, and have you know you never want to lose to your rival you always want to beat them but sometimes that's just not it but it's uh we've had the better end of it since i've been here it you know swung a little bit two years ago and this year evened out again and um 
So it's, it's gosh, fantastic. <laughs> it ended up being huge as far as the league standing. Yeah. Took all that just to get to it. Just, oh, yeah, I really like it. We, we had a, an awesome graphic. I think it was the first time you guys played each other this year. Maybe it was during women's season, but I think it was the first time over at, at when you guys played at SC about the distances between schools, even just in the Pac-12, and the yeah. rivalries they talk about and how, how far apart they are until you get to you guys. And then you're, you're basically on top of each other. So it's, it's, yeah, really, really a cool thing, not only for you guys in volleyball, but for the entirety of, of both schools to have a rival. It's great, it's great to have an opponent like that, isn't it? It's great to have a rival, somebody to hate. Yeah, it, it, it's healthy. I, I think, you know, sports has is, is, is evolved a lot in a lot of good ways, but I think part of it is, you know, I, I think it's okay to to want to, you know, kick butt and, uh, you know, want to want to beat your opponent. And, you know, nowadays it, it, it the kids all play on the same club teams they go, and it's so much more friendly. You you talk to the alums who played, your, you know, maybe in the 80s, and, you know, they hated each other. I mean, yeah. it, was, it was like, it was visceral. Yeah. You know, I, I like the sword through the field. There was all that hubbub this year about the sword in the middle of the field. I say put the sword in the field. Let's get it going here. Let's pump it up. Hey, uh, yeah, uh, I think it's cool. Bill, I want to ask you about a couple of guys who have really come in and helped you out. You guys are coming off a six-win season. So you knew you had to reload and add some parts, and you added a couple of great parts in Lucas Yoder and Andy Benish. And I, I want to ask you about Yoder, who's been playing on the outside. This kid just swings with confidence. And did you, did you think that he could last the whole season at the level he has? Well, he was certainly capable of it. You know, you never know. Um, with, with a true freshman, the the variables are usually they've they've never really played a season that long. I mean, yes, they play club or they or they play all day on a Sunday, but but really, they're training maybe two days a week, three days a week in club. Uh, when they get to high school, sure, they're they're carrying a load, but they're not lifting like they lift. They're not going to class like they do. Their mommy's making them go to bed at ten. Um, all that kind of stuff. So uh, those are the variables. But he he's a pretty disciplined kid. Um, really takes care of his body. Uh, very conscious of it, um, and really is uh, yeah. He's an old soul. That's for darn sure. So he's been around. He's had a lot of a lot of people that have been around the block that are, that are you know been his mentors. Is you know, gosh just within his own family with his uncle Bob and his cousin Corey who have obviously played at a, a really high level collegiately to, you know, all kinds of guys that, that play on the beach down at Doheny that, that have, that have played for years. Um, so all those guys have mentored him. So he's, I, I think he's had a, a knowledge base probably where he's had an advantage over some of his peers, his age, not too different from Chirelli when Chirelli came in here. Um, just a guy that grew around, grew up around a lot of great volleyball players and played against older people his whole life. Well, Lucas Yoder has been tremendous. And also Andy Benish in the middle. He's not only brought stats, he's brought a little tood to your team. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we love it. What was, little blockers what was are like linemen. What was your reaction to some of the stuff that went on? I mean, this kind of carries over. It wasn't Benish, but going under the net was Tanner Jansen, and then Kirsten gave him a little elbow when you guys faced off with UCLA the first time. What was yeah. your reaction to that situation? Well, I, the first reaction 
with the Santa Barbara match was, oh my God, did the Santa Barbara kid actually say that to the ref? <laughs> um, and, and then with Kirsten, I, I, I forgot who the down ref was, but they didn't catch the elbow part of it. I, I get, you know, hey, my guy came under the net, and if I was Kirsten, I'd, I don't know if I wouldn't have done the same thing. Yeah. Um, but uh, <laughs> it, it was like, <laughs> I, I really don't know how to answer that other than to just you just kind of see it unfold, and it's, you know, people talk about dangerous and all that stuff. I get it. He's not, he wasn't coming under the net, you know, full force. It was a landing, a misbalance, and kind of a step, and then a second step in there to gather himself. Now, what happens after that is, you know, that's college guys, and that's, you know, I guess getting back to your sword in the field kind of thought. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I thought it was, I like a little bit of, a, a little bit of friction. Because the, the game doesn't have contact, right? There isn't an opportunity to really get at your opponent like basketball or football or soccer or anything else. You can't yeah. ever really get at the guy. And if a guy comes under my side of the net, it's, he belongs to me now. <laughs> it, yeah. You know, gosh, there was, you know, I grew up watching, you know, watching the Lake Showtime Lakers of the 80s and, you know what? They passed the torch to to the Pistons, and That's they passed cool. the torch to the Bulls. We all saw what happened there over those years. Yeah, I I don't mind a little bit of that at all. I I did think from a standpoint of Tanner Chance to come under the net because it wasn't the first time. He several times is very tight to the net, and uh, and on that line, I don't like that. That that gives me bad memories <laughs> of ending up <laughs> out of matches and and out of commission for a little while. Yeah, that was in the same week, and uh, we talk about kind of being able to read the room, so to speak. <laughs> so, yeah. Second time, I was like, hey, dude, come on. <laughs> yeah, it's not good for him. It's not good for anybody. But Tanner Jansen's been good for you guys since he kind of reemerged at the opposite spot. Is he maybe the barometer guy for your team? I think so. Um, you know, I, everybody knows our setter is, is one of the best in the business. Um, we pass the ball well. So to have balance, uh, you know, to have somebody on the right side of the court that's a threat and, and effective uh, really spreads out the opponent's block. And, and we, I think we're pretty proficient in the middle and we're pretty proficient on the left. And, and that, uh, to have that balance, I, I think, is huge. We don't really have, you know, he's the closest thing we have to a bailout hitter. Yeah. Um, you know, in our years of going to the Final Four, we – you know, <clears throat> we had Murphy and Tony, and uh, and those are guys that could bail you out of trouble. And uh, we we don't we have great players, but just not that, like I said, the bailout guy. So when he is doing well, uh, we obviously do well. I don't know if we've per se won a big match where he has been, you know, subpar. Um, I know we can, but uh, it certainly makes it easier on us when he's good. You're listening to Net Live here on Volleyball Magazine. We're talking to USC men's head coach Bill Ferguson. His USC Trojans are the eighth seed in the MPSF playoffs, and they will face off against BYU coming up this Saturday. They will travel to BYU. And I want to ask you about that, Bill. Playing at BYU, it seems like if it's not the most challenging place to play, it's got to be close to the, the most challenging place to be. Yeah, it, 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 it poses some issues. <clears throat> Gosh, sorry. Uh I have some some mixed feelings about it. That's that's where we went to our first Final Four, so there is a fondness for the place, if if you can actually believe that. Yeah. Um, 
So, you know, and the people that, there's a guy named Matt Nix that runs all their events and their matches there, and the guy is just nails. And so as far as getting taken care of when you're there and all that, it's phenomenal. Um, So I do have that positive experience of of having our first breakthrough there and all of that. Playing the Cougars there is a totally different story, and that's where where it diverges massively. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Love... Love that the crowd is there. Um, obviously, you'd love it if there was that many of your got your folks in the stands. But uh, you know, when we play there, it's usually kind of a big deal, and there's five to six thousand people in that building, and it's uh, and the place is rocking. It's a it's a really cool venue from that standpoint, and and we love you know we love being in, in those matches. That's you know. That's why you come to USC is to play in big time events like that, and and so we really actually kind of have fun with it, um, you know. And then it's at that point it's just up to us to to take care of business on our side of the net, and uh, you know the last couple times it hasn't gone our way, but uh, you know it's is to say that's not going to happen here. We're uh, we feel pretty pretty good about things. But any chance to ship in some MPSF neutral uh, referees for this one? <laughs> Line speed. Uh, they uh, they, they do speed. for the uh, uh, for the playoffs. So uh, I don't know if it's uh, going to be. Uh, this, I don't know if it, how exactly it works, but I'm pretty sure it's a different pool that they draw from for this. Um, I know if you you talk to Coach Skates, I think he's got stats on what their winning percentage is with each referee that's up there. So <laughs> <laughs> that would be an interesting follow up. He's the he, he's the only time he ever protest, protested the referees was there. He said he actually had a written protest about the lines people. He actually submitted one. Nice. Has, that been, has that been your experience, Bill? Um, I you know I I think the results of our matches up there have been large, thankfully largely due to to the play of BYU and USC, and uh, and and I I think it'll continue that way. Um, and getting back to Al on the protest, I, you can talk about Rittner all that, but I think one of his last years, we actually his 09, we played at Pauly in a crazy match in five, and I do recall him walking past me to go yell at the lines person that was on our side in front of our bench. So, <laughs> people are not without their own <laughs> their own assessment. Yes, uh, BYU. BYU and their yeah. team, they're on a little bit of a slide. They have lost four straight, including two to Hawaii and then to Santa Barbara and UCLA. Uh, is this a case of a team that you feel is kind of wounded, or are they maybe more dangerous given what's happened in the last four matches? I, I don't know. We've been kind of throwing that one back and forth, and, and the God's honest truth is the only thing we can control is us. And, and so we're going we're gonna to look at what they did and, you know, Check out the tendencies, but but mainly focus uh, on us. I trying to connect the dots is a little bit tough. We there was a couple of years where we locked up the conference championship, or or the one year where we locked up the conference championship pretty early, um, similar to to what BYU did. They they did it earlier than we we did, but uh, um, I don't know. It's hard, you know, until you're in walking in those shoes, it's really hard to tell. Um, there's a lot going on. Uh, you know, going to Hawaii, with Hawaii having to play for their lives in front of their home crowd, and they had been on the road for a couple weeks prior, um, 
you know, and coming off a of spring break, they got rest, they could work on themselves, you know, all of that. So, uh, I, you know, not in a, no disrespect towards BYU, I wasn't surprised to see that coming the, the week after BYU had locked everything up uh, to, you know, then go to Hawaii, who's, who's out for blood. Um, that wasn't surprising. And, <clears throat> and again, you know, Santa Barbara and UCLA had a whole lot to play for. Um, yes, UCLA was playing for their lives. Um, so that was a pretty unique situation. I, I can't imagine for all the tea in China that BYU mailed that in. Um, but in the same sense, you know, when it push comes to shove, back of your mind, you know you're you're going home to host the playoffs if you keep winning. It's it's a little bit of a different mentality. What time are you guys leaving? Uh, I believe we're on the 10.30 flight on Friday. All right. Good luck at BYU. Bill, thanks very much for the time. We always appreciate it, Fergie. Good to talk to you. Thanks for the time, folks. Appreciate it. And uh, how's the suicide doors? Oh, it's great. We uh, just released some new music and uh, looking to get back on stage once your guys' season's over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, exactly. we're, we're really hoping for like May 4th or 5th is That's when you guys can start talking about that. How's that? No rush. No rush on our part. You what you got to do. Remember, Cam Perfect. Cruz has those dates coming up, too. He has, a, he has Vegas dates. I don't know how that impacts his recruiting calendar, Fergie, but uh, he's got those Vegas dates with his father-in-law that he's got to be a part of. I don't know if it you know impacts the recruiting dates, but but it probably doesn't hurt. You will be a hey, my, my assistant's big time in Vegas, you know. Yeah, this is Cam yeah. Green. You, if you want to see him, he'll be at the Smith Center May 16th and 17th. He's appearing with his father-in-law Greg Bonham. <laughs> Two nights in Vegas. There you go. All right, sweet. All right, thanks folks. For... Thanks again. All right, we'll keep Take watching you on Saturday. All right, so thanks. You... Bye. See ya. USC headed to BYU. You heard him leaving on Friday, getting in. And, and it's true what, what Fergie says about BYU. They do a very nice job of taking care of you off the court. The hotel is well-suited. The food is fine. The arrangements, the practice times, the gym, everything. I really like their facilities. And that should be an interesting matchup. I tell you, USC is dangerous. I wouldn't have said that midseason. I thought USC kind of had the wrong thing going on. But, uh, but yeah, they, they are... They are dangerous. I think USC is capable, as any team in the MPSF this year is capable of winning that tournament. Could really throw a, a wrench into the whole at-large situation. That's going to be interesting after playoff week here. There's somebody else in the queue there, yes. uh, Jeremy. Yes, we do. Katie? This is Katie's opportunity. Oh. Is this, this going to be quick? Like, How much music do you need? <laughs> Not much music, I guess. Oh, okay. We're going to welcome to the show Charlie Jennings, head coach at King University, headed to the playoffs here in NCAA tournament. No play in game. Welcome to the party, Charlie. You got to hit it. You got to hit it, though. Come on, hit man. It. I love a voice. I've been coaching all weekend. <laughs> How we Charlie. doing, everybody? How we doing? Hey, good. Thanks for calling in, uh, and thanks for listening to the show. Absolutely. Thank you. Congratulations on the playoff berth here, and uh, we actually, thanks to Katie, got the pronunciation of your university correct, Kane. Oh, that's great. Yeah, it doesn't happen too often. <laughs> uh, tell us a little bit about your team, for those that don't know, and, and about D3. Um, well, let's see. We are uh, Actually, we're only a fourth-year program here. Um, been fortunate to, I guess, uh, get things going in, in a short amount of time. This is our third straight trip to the NCAA tournament um, with, at, at this point, a bunch of kids from Jersey. So... <laughs> That's something that you know we're pretty proud of, and uh, we've been doing a nice job of getting a little bit better each year and trying to go out there and really just play the best teams in the country every year. Which, as you know, everyone knows, you play the best, you know, that's that's how you're going to get better. So, 
um, we've we've gone out of our way this year and uh, the last couple of years to just really just try to play everyone that we can, anyone that will be willing to give us an opportunity to, to play them. Uh, we've done that, and uh, pretty strong season this year. Uh, heading into the tournament, I think we've um, – the exact stat, I think, is something like 23 of our last 24 matches have been wins. And, uh, you know, finished strong. Started out a little slow. I think we were at one point uh, three and six in the first month. Uh, and uh, really turn things around at, at 26 and 7 right now. So feeling pretty good about where we are and what, what we're doing, and uh, hoping that uh, things continue, obviously, at this time. You served a couple of years as assistant coach there at Kane, and what did you really want to change when you became the head coach? What were some of the items that were top of your list? I think, you know, it's, it's just the culture in general, um, and it wasn't really a matter of changing anything because the, the previous coach, Don Perkins, who I was uh, fortunate enough to, to – hopefully try to fill his shoes a little bit. He he really instituted a great philosophy as far as the culture and everything around here, but wanted to take it to that next level as far as, you know, the mentality was, okay, we want to get better. We're a young program, uh, but now it's, you know, how, how much better can we get? You know, what do we want to do at this point? Um, and and w- what is the ceiling? Let's, let's see how far we can go with this. So the guys have really worked hard, put in the time in the gym and in the off season, they're, you know, that's, this is what they want. And, you know, one of the conversations I think we had prior um, beginning of the season was, you know, Coach, winning the conference championship is great, going to the NCAAs is great, but I think we're really looking for more. And, and that was all I needed to hear from these guys because that, I knew that we were off and running at that point. You have quite an extensive bit of coaching experience, 13 years. You've done a lot of different stuff for, for boys and for girls. Uh, what do you like best? It's a great question. I would have to say where I am right now is probably where I want to be. Um, I, I was interviewing at a number of places uh, the last year or so, and uh, this this was the job I wanted. It was not only Division Three men's at this point, but this team, this program. I'm from New Jersey. I'm proud of that, and I think that uh, we have the ability to, to to really do something special here. And you know, I mean, we're not California. Nobody's going to pretend that we are, but we're proud of what we've done so far. And I think you know that's something that um, we really tro- hold true to our heart. I see that you have a couple of female assistant coaches here, and how does that work with the boys team or men's team? Actually, uh, works pretty well. Um, the, the guys really respect what they're, you know, they they bring to the table as far as their knowledge and their expertise and what we we uh, kind of assign them to do with the guys. Um, really, you know, that was an issue that I think a lot of people thought may have been an issue, but it has not been, and it's been really a pretty good situation. All right, I'm going through your bio here and seeing that you're a Rowan University graduate, but I, I'm not seeing necessarily a lot of volleyball connections in your youth. How did you get into the sport? Well, I grew up on the beach here in Jersey. Um, okay. I was a lifeguard in my life, played a lot of beach growing up. Um, and, uh, you know, when I had graduated from college, uh, the opportunity was there to, to start coaching, and it was something that I had always loved, so I, I kind of you know, just ran with it. Um, and me personally, you know, just my, my personal, what I do, if I'm going to do something, I don't do it halfway. So if I'm given an opportunity to do something, I'm going to make sure that I do everything I can to, to be the best that I can be for whoever I'm doing it with. So here we are. <laughs> so you decide to be a volleyball coach. Who'd you call? Where'd you go first? Well, I was, I was a teacher and they were looking for a high school coach. And, uh, I was fortunate to, to be involved with a program that had a pretty good tradition in history uh, in East Brunswick here in New Jersey. And, uh, you know, we had won a couple of state championships within a few years, and things just kind of started rolling from there, you know, coaching in the high school ranks and club ranks for a while and got my first opportunity to coach the collegiate ranks at Rutgers University in Newark with a Division One men's program a few years ago. Um, 
you know, under the tutelage of Carl France, and he, he gave me that opportunity, and then the rest is history. The tutelage of Carl oh. France. I wonder what that looks oh, like. Carl. What is that? That seems to me would involve a lot of hugs. Probably, yeah, there were a lot of hugs. <laughs> Big Carl. All right, Charlie, what's your outlook for the tournament? You know, I'm sure you guys have looked at the bracket. Um, I, I think it's How a wide open about tournament. How do you feel about Carthage's five seed? Um, I think it makes makes a lot of sense to me, um, based on the the location, the geography. Um, if they were to be put in the six, for example, where we are, they would have been playing Juniata. So I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, I think you know they had a strong season. Um, there's arguments to be made both ways for a lot of teams. You know, people are going to dispute both sides of every team that's on that board. I think, um, but. That being said, I think anyone at this point, there's 10 teams, and I think all 10 teams are, are talented, and it's going to be a good tournament. Uh, that's for sure. Uh, I think the matchups are good. I think there's a potential for some upsets as we as we move forward, and we'll, we'll kind of see how it plays out. And then who was the just missed? Elmira didn't get it. Correct. Elmira. Elmira. <laughs> Actually, uh, yeah, Elmira just missed. Um, I think that would probably be the one the one team that most people would be upset about, you know. And you, of course, you're never going to make anyone happy, but. Uh, you know, they're, and they're they're a good team. Actually, uh, two of our two of our seven losses, or two of our six Division three losses, I should say, were two Elmira in five sets. So, yeah, qu- obviously a quality team. When do you guys start the trek to Huntington? Uh, we will leave Wednesday of next week. Charlie, how has this changed? How has the tournament changed since it became an NCAA championship? Uh, I just think the fact that you know there's more opportunity for more teams. The sport's growing. Division three is expanding every year with more teams getting involved and starting programs. So the fact that we're just continuing to grow the sport, I think, is what we need. And getting this tournament off and running, uh, the NCAA behind us as far as supporting it, I think it's great for the game. How many teams are there for those that don't uh, really ten. follow the degree? Uh, total in the country? Yeah. We're 60, what, 66, I think, was the last number I saw. 66. I mean, that, that crushes the 20 or so Division One program. Well, and we went from, what was it, we just hit 50 a couple of years ago when they agreed to go to a D3, so we've added 16 programs since the agreement to go to a championship. That's right. fantastic. I, I don't know what, what we've talked about on this show far too often about what does that mean to get to Division One. Do you think that maybe D3 today is the stepping stone for Division One expansion eventually somewhere down the road? I think it depends on each institution, um, you know, what they're looking for individually. Uh, I can tell you that I don't think that's something we're looking for, uh, but I, I'd be willing to bet you that there are schools that may be thinking about that, yeah. What's appealing about boys' volleyball or men's volleyball for D3 institutions? Uh, I think it's it's something that's a little bit different. Um, I think the game is growing, as we know, you know, in general, with the youth and, and the club programs that are getting bigger and bigger every year. Um, so the fact that you know our our administration here, I can speak on, on you know for their behalf, our athletic administration and, and general administration here is very supportive of our entire athletic program, and the fact that you know they support us and give us everything that we need here just says something about the sport, and we recognize that its growth is important. All right, Charlie Jennings, thanks for joining us here. He is the head coach at Kane. They are going to face off on April 25th with Juniata. I would love to wish you good luck, but I'm just going to say safe travels because I can't. Uh, I, I, I can understand. Thank you, Katie. <laughs> Charlie, thanks for calling in. All right, guys. Take care. All right, Charlie. Bye. Out here on Net Live. Follow the D3. There's, uh, there's some teams you don't know, uh, but there's going to be some good volleyball there. 
And they've had them live stream before. They, they were live streaming them. Well. And Juniata will live stream the whole tournament. Yeah, it, there's some great support for, for men's volleyball. There are 66 teams. They're, they've been adding teams, not like Division One, where Pacific just finished the run of their program. It is done and over. And I heard a pretty nice moment. You guys were saying they, they got a standing ovation and some hugs and, and some other stuff at the end uh, at UC Irvine there, their last match. Mm-hmm. So uh, sad to see Pacific go. And I know uh, I said on the show last week that they sucked, but that's what happens when you announce the end of your program and your good players leave. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a struggle. They still had some, some really nice blockers. They played some some tough matches. Uh, but So goodbye to University of Pacific, UOP. That's, uh, it's a shame. See that happen. Let's take a quick break. Jeremy, cool. We're going to be right back. We still have College Volleyball Weekly to come, as well as the Lloyd Ball Award finalist announcement from Off the Block and Vinny Lopes. Who are the top three vote-getters for that setting award, that coveted setting award? And John Costi from Stanford. His Cardinal going to be taking on UC Irvine. Right back. I'm going to go on a limb here 
I'm going to say that was Suicide Doors. That was a Suicide Doors remix. Yes. yes. You are correct. <laughs> Only because he told you on the break. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> don't rat me out. Calling you out on that one. Welcome back to the Net Live, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for being here, and thanks to 68 Clothing for getting behind us. This is a company that understands the challenges people face when they are tall and lean. You have trouble finding jeans and fashionable clothes. You can't find trendy polos or button-up shirts without them being six miles wide. That's right. Wings like a squirrel, like a flying squirrel. Put on a dress shirt, jump out a tree. It'll be fine. You'll just cruise to the ground. Not with 6'8". They are designed by a tall man for a tall man, these clothes. And at 6'8 Clothing Company, they have your back, all 39 inches of it. Katie, dress well, live tall, 6'8 Clothing Company. Check them out. 6, the number 8, clothingcompany.com. TNL 10, I'll get you 10% off. All right, we just talked to Bill Ferguson. USC, they're going to face off with number one seed BYU. You have number five UCLA taking on number four UC Santa Barbara in the toss-up match. The five and four is normally a toss-up in an eight bracket, but man, oh man, I have no idea about either one of those teams, what they're going to do. I couldn't, I wouldn't put any money on either team in that one. I, it's going to be a good match, I think. I'd go watch it. UC Irvine will face off with number three Stanford and number seven Long Beach State. Number seven. Number seven. From one to seven. God, Long Beach, what is wrong? They'll face number two, Pepperdine, coming up on Saturday. All those matches on Saturday. But we have a little report, a little primer, a little primer, primer, something to get you started. In association with the ABCA, the Net Live is proud each week to present the College Volleyball Weekly. A recap of what was and a look at what will be in the world of college volleyball. And it is the men, and it is playoff time. We don't just cover the MPSF. I just cover the MPSF, so we bring in these two guys, Jay and Robbie, because they know more about everything than your intrepid host, Jay Hasek, Rob Sparrow. Gentlemen. That's so very Gentlemen. nice of you, Barney. <laughs> Think so highly yeah, of no us. Yeah, kidding. <laughs> well, we'll see if you can deliver. All right. <laughs> We've talked a lot about the MPSF, and we'll get well, back to it. Hold on one second, what? Kevin. Jay, can you tell me how you were going to pronounce Pepperdine now? Uh, it will now be known as Pepperdinay. <laughs> going French on us, huh? Yeah. I'm, oh. I'm, I'm from from now on calling it Pepperdinay, and you played JC ball at Pierce. So we're, we're just gonna we're gonna we're gonna ruin all the names of the places that you went to school. So uh, I kind of like Pierce. It makes it sound a little more regal than it really is. <laughs> Looking forward to my induction into the Pyres Hall of Fame. <laughs> the Pyres <laughs> Hall of Fame, yes. I would like yeah. to be in a wood paneled right. room, something with mahogany and cherry. Uh, those, <laughs> those might be strippers, not wood, but whatever. Uh, hey <laughs> We're sorry about the bad weather. If you want to get rid of the bad weather, you're going to have to leave Happy Valley or maybe just wait for the calendar to go one month more forward. But in the meantime, you have some volleyball action to keep you occupied. <laughs> Give us the Eva and Eva updates besides the impending Penn State championship. Listen, I'm not, I'm not going to lie to you. It was uh, 78 degrees and sunny yesterday. I got outside and, and did a little housework around the uh, garden and washed the car and did all kinds of fun stuff. So it's not cold at all right now. Uh, it might Worked on that base farmer's stand. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. I got to I got to burn a couple of the uh the derma layers before I go out west for the summer. But uh yeah, no, it's 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 been nice out here. Uh let's see. What's going on out in uh the East Coast and Midwest? Um well, the Conference Carolinas are oh. getting ready to head into. Is that what you want me to go, Barney? Sure. <laughs> okay, you, I'll take that as a well. You went there and you already started it, so you might. I love Erskine. It. Erskine's my favorite, only slightly followed by Mount Olive. <laughs> <laughs> well, luckily you're going to be in luck because both of those teams are playing each other in the finals on yeah. Wednesday, and the winner of that match is going to go to the big dance. At least the quote-unquote big dance is still not technically the NCAA Final Six, but they're getting a shot to get in there and, and play the big boys and show what they can do, and hats off to them. Um, I am, I'm looking at the matchups from over the year, and, and I'm, I'm going to go on a line and say that Erskine's probably going to win that one. Uh, but Mount Olive has got the MVP of the, of the conference, uh, and Angel Dache is a, a nice little player, about 6'2", six, 6'3", six, jumps really well, has got a real nice arm. Uh, you know, but I don't know if they together have uh, enough to beat Erskine. But uh, that's going to be a real fun match to watch. If you've got nothing to do on Wednesday and you want to watch some volleyball uh, before all the big tournaments start to kick off, I highly suggest you go online and watch that match. That's going to be a lot of fun to watch. All right. I like that. Angel Deshaies. That's who we're supposed to keep an eye on? That's the kid that you want to keep an eye on. Angel Deshaies, yes. Dashe, okay, Dashe, I like Dashe, that. Dashe, yes. Dashe. yes. And I think he got a full ride offer at Peeper Dinay, if I'm not mistaken. And took summer courses at Pyre. Who is who is the coach at Peeper Dinay? I've never I've never even heard of the guy. Merv Dunster. <laughs> Merv Dunster. <laughs> you know the sad thing is he's a reference on my resume. I might want to I might want to overlook that one and, and stay. <laughs> All right, how about Neva? Out there, what's happening the in Miva? The Miva land. Well, here's what's going on in the Miva. The quarterfinals are coming up this weekend. We've got Quincy in the last place, eighth place team, going up to Loyola. Uh, not going to lie to you, that's probably going to be a slaughter there. Uh, Loyola is just doing really, really good things. And Quincy, you know, they have nice years. I think they beat Ball State a year ago or two. Uh, and they, you know, they, they, Hadley Foster does a nice job of that program. He has 48 members on that team, two JV squads, and 18 coaches. Uh, it's a pretty big deal for somebody like who uh, is. <laughs> it is like running the club. No, Hadley, Hadley does a really nice job. But I just, I think we're feeding the, you know, the, the feeding them to the lions here. So I'm going to go out with Loyola on that one. Grand Canyon is going to Lewis, and, and Lewis won both matches earlier this year against Grand Canyon. And I think, I think uh, Jeremy going into that neighborhood, uh, Lewis is is kind of upset that. Uh, you know that, that they're not being looked at a little bit higher this year, so I think Lewis is going to win that match. Then we've got Lindenwood, uh, who has Chris Dorn as their head coach, and Chris Dorn was at Cal Baptist for a number of years. Then he went out to Clark, and now he's at Lindenwood, and he's doing some really nice things with that program. He's, he's starting to expand the name, and they're going into Ball State. Now, Ball State won both matches, but Lindenwood's got some history of pulling some upsets, and so I'm going to say Ball State's going to win this one, but it's not going to be a walkover by any stretch of the means. So Linda Wood could pull an upset there. The last one is Ohio State at IPFW, and IPFW uh, won both those matches. And I'm pretty sure that it's going to be another one of those ones where IPFW at their place – 
uh, all the confidence in the world, and Arnie Ball is going to definitely have them prepared and ready to go. I think Ohio State's got to do some, some you know, maturing and growth a little bit. They got some really nice players, but I just think they're a year behind where you know they might want to be. So I'm going to say IPFW is going to win that one in five in their house. Oh, in five! Wow, I like the yeah. like the prediction yeah. there. All right, so that's your quarterfinal yeah. matchups. Give me give me your eventual champion. So if it's Loyola Lewis, would that be the second round Loyola Lewis Ball State IPFW? <laughs> I believe that is not going to be it. I believe it will be Loyola, IPFW, and then Lewis Ball State. Um, okay. And I think it's going to be Loyola and Lewis uh, in the finals. It's going to be at Loyola. And I just I feel that Loyola right now has just got a lot of momentum. But, but uh, that being said, Loyola also probably has a shot into the final six. Uh, and if Lewis comes in with a little bit of a, you know something to prove and a chip on their shoulder, and they got some nice players, and if they all are firing, you know I'd, I wouldn't be surprised if Lewis pulls an upset. But I find it hard to believe at this moment, at least at this moment in time. I want to watch this weekend's matches and see what's going on. All right, so you have you probably have Loyola, but you think the Lewis Loyola matchup would be a good one. <laughs> Lewis Lewis could could pull off an upset. Yes, I would not be surprised. Yeah, it could make a mess of the at-large situation. All right, how about the EVA? Let's get the EIVA. Well, we all we all have one more weekend of conference matches this weekend coming up, and and pretty much none of them have any bearing on anything that's already been set in stone, except for one match. And that one match is George Mason versus Princeton. Now, as it stands right now, we are in first place. Uh, second place right now is Harvard. Third place is Princeton, and fourth place is George Mason. George Mason uh, did what they had to do, and St. Francis lost us on Saturday and therefore gave George Mason the nod. Uh, But George Mason is is scheduled to play us in the first round, and Princeton plays Harvard. And uh, Princeton plays George Mason this weekend. If Princeton wins then they stay in third place and they play Harvard in the in the first round. If they lose, then Princeton plays us in the first round and Mason plays Harvard. Oh. And so, you know, not a I'm not trying to toot our horn here, but I'm sure that they would rather see us when it's all or nothing instead of just a chance to get to the finals. And uh it's it's going to be a pretty big match to watch this weekend, so I'll be keeping an eye on that one. All right, so the winner stays away from Goliath at least for a moment. All right, MP at least for a moment. MPSF time, Robbie. All right. Where'd you like me to start? There's just so much that happened last week. (laughs) Yeah. We talked a little bit to Bill about it. We talked a little bit about it at the opening of the show about how we got here. It was a simply ridiculous situation. You had Pepperdine, who ends up tying for the number one seed, uh, but losing the number one seed on, what, a tiebreaker. And then you had UCLA, who ends up fifth, but could have ended up out. Absolutely insane. No one's ever seen anything like it. But how do you think any of that madness affects these first-round matchups? Gosh, I, you know, I just think the only thing you can really put in there is unpredictability. I mean, these, sure. these four matches are, you're a gambling man. You're not liking these matches right now because there's no, there's no standout favorite right now. Um, they're, although, and I'm going to quote an unnamed source, but they're saying this, this well-respected D1 women's coach said that, the winner of this year's uh, NCAA D1-2 championship is going to be the winner of the, U- uh, the Stanford-UC Irvine match. And I was like, wow, Irvine. I never thought that. But then it makes sense because Stanford, you know, seeing them play right there on Friday night, 
Costi's got a good gig going right now, and they are so well balanced at the pins. You know, they definitely had Irvin and Cook, who have been their most consistent, most powerful performers at the left pin. However, you throw in Eric Maholski in the mix, and he just makes it hard for you to run a ball in system because he is so difficult to dig on that, that right side. So, um, and then you throw in a guy like Conrad Kaminsky in the middle, who almost got double-digit kills against us on Friday night, who was hitting the ball really well, and they're getting a ton of blocks and serving tough and playing just great, gritty, diehard defense. And you got a really good team that, that's performing at its peak with 11 straight wins at this point. So Stanford is, is, is looking very strong right now. Yeah, Stanford with a 3-2 victory at UC Irvine. Irvine winners of 9 of 11. Stanford on an absolute tear, 11 straight. And this is after they started the season 4-4. Four and four. And, if you remember, went 0-5 in five-set matches to open the season. They've actually won their last two five-setters. Quick question on Stanford. Are Denny Falls back yet, or is he still in a boot on the sideline? No, Falls has been on the sideline. But uh, did he play in their UC Irvine match? Uh, not at all. Yeah, they went with oh. Haley and Kaminsky in the middle. <clears throat> yeah, Haley's, Haley's been serviceable. Kaminsky's been very good. It's, uh, hey, uh, you know, ahead, one of the things I'm seeing online right now, uh, Vinny Lopes is mentioning that if Stanford loses in the MPSF quarterfinals, they would still get an at-large bid. Right now, the bracketology has them with that with that last at-large bid. That's that's saying something right there. Yeah, we'll ask John Costi about that. Uh, he he sometimes is unsure of uh, all the predictions that are out there, but you know he'd like to win that match against UCI. It's one of the more intriguing matchups. Uh, UCLA, UC Santa Barbara. I, I don't know what to do with this match. I, yeah, I, that's. I, I wouldn't know where to place any money on this one. <laughs> well, I mean, the keys for UCLA to win are, are go to their big guns, Page and Caroga. They need to be on, and. I think what's going to be huge for them is going to be their, their service seat passing, the libero issues that, that we've seen. They've switched between three different liberos. You're going to see Bantle, Sequera, and Chalmers. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I think if they're able to get that, a good ball out to those two hitters, they should do all right. Yep. And, if, and maybe some, some chipping in from their opposite, whoever they decide to play, I, I think they've got a pretty good t- chance. But with the way you see Santa Barbara's been playing, you know, They've got three consistent hitters right now that have been double-digit kills in their last three or four matches, and, and, and Nielsen has been playing incredibly well for them as well. So, you know, and our, our secret, our favorite player, Jonah's safe, just because of the name. <laughs> you know, if he comes up big oh. blocking, he will, you know, it's going to be tough for uh, Page and Kuroga to get a ball by him if, if, he's, if he's reading the block right. You know, and I talked to a, a coaching buddy of mine this morning who shall remain nameless. Uh, however, we all we all might want to know him as the jump rope king. Uh, he made a mention to me saying that Santa Barbara, king of double Santa jumps. Barbara, <laughs> yeah, king of the double jumps. Santa Barbara may may not be the best in terms of all around caliber, but they are angry on the other side of the net. And I thought that was kind of a, a comical yet telling way of saying that Santa Barbara's got a lot of motivation right now and they're doing some good things. So you're right. I think out of all those matches out there, that one's probably the biggest toss-up. Here's the interesting thing. New poll just out, released by the American Volleyball Coaches Association. Loyola Chicago stays number one. They have 15 first-place votes. Pepperdine, number two. They stay there. They have one first-place vote. Up from number four, now number three, Stanford gets two first-place votes. So there is that push for the Cardinal. BYU in fourth and falling. They're down from third. Then it's UC Santa Barbara, UC Irvine, Long Beach State, Southern Cal, USC, or pardon me, UCLA, 
And Hawaii, Lewis, Penn State in 12th, shocker. Ball State, IPFW, Northridge. Uh, what about Long Beach here, boys? What is going on? Is it? They're just continuing to struggle late season here. Go ahead, Jay. I'll defer to you since I've been talking. You know, I, I tell you what, recently in their last 10 matches, they went 5-5, five and five, and they started out the year pretty hot. And, they, and towards the middle of the season, you know, we, we have seen a number of teams, probably about five or six teams, that would be the new flavor of the week, so to speak. And Long Beach was one of those teams that held that spot. You know, I'm not sure if it's because Satterfield wasn't performing on the right side anymore and they're trying some new kids. I'm not sure if it's, uh, you know, Taylor Crabb is, is now kind of being figured out and people are able to contain him, or they're focusing on the other guys and, and Taylor Crabb can't lift the load that he used to be able to do. I'm not sure what it is, to be honest with you, but they are probably on the biggest skid uh, of any of those top teams uh, in the MPSF right now. And, then, you know, their match right now going up to Peeper DNA, I'm not so sure that it's going to be uh, a match that they want uh, because right now Pepperdine's playing really, really well. And, uh, you know, I watched their matches against Hawaii this weekend and they're doing some really nice things. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure if the lineup we saw this weekend is the same lineup we'll see this week. Uh, but uh, Long Beach right now has probably got to be not shaking in their boots but definitely not feeling as confident as they were earlier in the season. Yeah, Long Beach yeah, coming off two victories against Cal State Northridge. They did sweep Northridge 3-0, 3-0, but that's to be expected. Northridge was perhaps someone that could pick somebody off and play spoiler, but the losses, there were five of them in six matches against Pepperdine, USC, UC Irvine, Santa Barbara, and UCLA, all losses for Long Beach State leading into those sweeps of Northridge. Go ahead, Robbie. Yeah, I was just going to say that you know I, I think teams have figured out a way to defend against Crab. There, you know, he's going to get his numbers, but if you're able to uh, pick up a couple of attacks that he has and run a couple plays on transition, I think you're going to end up okay. So, you know, yeah, they figured out everyone. Long Beach is going to run the ball a majority of the time to Taylor Crab, so they're going to get everyone back on D four defenders back back line and say, okay, let's see what you got and see if you can put it away. He'll try the roll shot. We'll pick it up short. You know, hard that angle shot that he likes to hit. They're stepping people there. People are watching the game tape. So they're going, okay, if he gets a good shot, he gets it. But he can't do it all. And that's why I think if, if Long Beach wants to see a win here, they've been trying out a new opposite in place of Satterfield. I think it's Cody Martin. Um, and he's, he's been chipping in some numbers, but I just don't know if it's, it's, it's in the right time. And, uh, you know, they're, they're really going to have to depend on Taylor Crabb to go just bonkers numbers-wise if, if they want to get that W at Pepperdine. No doubt the reigning player of the year is capable. Give me your predictions here, Robbie. Pick them. Quarterfinals, semifinals, and winner, MPSF. Oh, you're, you're wanting me to go really deep here, huh? Well, I know all this happened was... Saturday, so will you get another shot at it? The quarterfinals happen. <laughs> you'll get another shot. But give me your, give your long view right now from the top. Pick your bracket. Gosh, oh, we'll go uh, SC BYU. I'm gonna go with. Uh, I'm gonna pick an upset there with SC because BYU is just really cold. And I think this is the you year they can happen. Up. You're sucking up the Gardhoff with that pick, there, Robbie. Because <laughs> I was wrong last week. <laughs> yes, because you were wrong last week, and Gardhoff let you have it. You're a suck up. <laughs> I just think that that Lucas Yoder is a great player, and I, I you know, I. If he has a big night, and the way BYU's been playing lately, they've been outplayed. They were seriously outplayed by UCLA the other night, and I just I was really surprised to see that. And you know, I want to see a battle, 
but I, I think USC has the ability to pull this off with the rest, and you know they're in the good mindset. They're ready to go in, and, and Billy sounds like he's ready to go. Um, well, and and on top of that, let's let's not let's not beat around the bush here. Uh, we're not sure about if BYU is going to have their starting setter or not. He went down with an ankle roll, uh, and and possibly might not be able to play in this match, and that's a huge deal. You've had a kid that's been in that lineup all year long, and yeah. I had all of a sudden they may not they may not have him. I'm not sure. Uh, but uh, we'll see. You know, maybe USC has a little bit of momentum, and, and maybe they go into that one and, and see an opportunity. So it's actually not as big of an upset as you're saying, Robbie. Yeah, I think I saw well, I that, that BYU note. It came across on the ESPN Flash News right after Phelps ending his retirement. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> just, by the way, I just came across the ticker that Phelps bought his new house in Colorado. He's moving to Denver. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> that joke just completely went over everybody's head, but that's okay. We <laughs> got that one. No, no I got you, Jerry. Just the mic was near my face. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I'm, I knew the two people yeah. that had a good I, time I, I in the college it. years definitely would get it. I'm watching, I'm watching the cat scratch up the couch right Kevin now. I'm not like, happy. Uh-huh, Denver, yeah. Denver. I, I can't get to the cat to scratch, up, to scratch the cat up. <laughs> Not uh, much fun well, going on a peeper today on a weekend, then I see. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you have USC in the in the uh, upset over BYU. Give me your next one. It goes UCLA at UC Santa Barbara, and uh, that too is a tough one for me. Um, but I'll have to go with UC Santa Barbara just by nature of their home record this year. That is a tough place to play, and all Irvine was able to get one there. It took five, and it was a controversial five. I think Santa Barbara has got a good momentum going in. And with that fan support they had last weekend, if they can pull that out again for, for this, this quarterfinal matchup, I think Santa Barbara could pull in front uh, or take that one. <clears throat> okay. And then uh, UCI at Stanford. You know, I, I will say up front, my heart says UCI, but Stanford looked really good this last Friday night. But they definitely – are beatable. Uh, Irvine did some things that, that um, make stretch to the five-set thriller, um, but you know, their pin hitters right now are, I, I'd easily say, the best combo in the nation right now uh, between Irvin, Cook, and Mahalski. And if, you know, Shaw, we haven't said anything about Shaw, and I was just really impressed with his play on Friday night. And you know, he is a big blocker and a big kid. When you're reaching that high, you know, setting balls at the net and can drop that left hand on a dump it is so hard to read. <laughs> and he's got a great deceptive attack with that left hand. So, um, yeah, he's been hyper-aggressive with that later here in the season. Yep. He did dump one into the net, which I was surprised. Like, how is someone 6'8", reaching over 12 feet, dump that into the net? But, hey. <laughs> <laughs> it <laughs> happens, then, uh, last... sometimes, sometimes people who are 6'6", six, six and jump 40 inches also hit the ball long or in the net. It happens. <laughs> Not often. I don't think there's any, any record of it at, on videotape whatsoever. <laughs> My final match of Long Beach State of Pepperdine, I think uh, I'd have to go with Pepperdine on that one. Uh, yeah. you know, like, so, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not sucking up either. It's just go, going by the numbers here. And I just like what J.J. Mosoff's been doing for the Waves. He stepped in in yep. place of Parker Kalmbach, and he's, just, he's he got his first double-double uh, of his career the other night, and uh, he's just been playing really good ball. Um, you know, Obviously, you have to be concerned with Josh uh, Taylor and his health, but he's still playing, and he's, he's doing all right, and he hit over 300. So, you know, might as well ride your, show, your big pony into the show. So, okay. Wow, you just said ride your big pony into the show. I like that. I <laughs> like that a lot. All right. Somebody, somebody yeah, saved that clip right there. 
We're going to get John Costi quickly here. So, Robbie, give me your uh, semi-wins and your winner right now. Oh, <laughs> semi-wins. Okay. I, I, we'll go um, Stanford over Pep. We'll go with uh, UCLA over USC and that other one. Stanford over Pep. And you have, UC, you have USC or UCSB? Sorry. I had a, a UCLA. I'm sorry, UCSB. Sorry, I was looking UCSB. at my wrong notes here. Yeah, yep. I, there were too many letters being thrown around. I didn't. I, I couldn't <laughs> process it all in time. Stanford and UC Santa Barbara meet for the MPSF championship, and who wins? Stanford. Stanford. Woo! I like this pick. Woo! Now the beauty of all that. I know. I know we got to get costing here, but now the beauty of all those picks is that out west, everybody can beat anybody, and they've proven it all weekend long. All of the underdogs can be the winners this weekend. Yeah, I, I right. don't doubt it. I would not, as Robbie was saying early on, you don't want to be, bit a, be a betting man with this bracket in the MPSF at no. all. It no. is a mess. No, you don't, even want to, you don't even want to be the house making the bets on behalf of everybody. That's, that's a, no. I, you know, I've, I've got all those guys winning with the exception. I, have, I actually have BYU beating USC, but uh, I literally have them circled, and I'm looking at my notes, and I'm thinking all four of those underdogs could be winners. So it's going to be an absolute great Saturday night of volleyball to watch. Conference yeah, of the Carolinas Championship on Wednesday, Erskine versus Mount Olive. The EVA is a boring week, but you'll see who avoids Penn State. George Mason taking on Princeton. That's the critical match there. Then they will have some, yep. some playoff yep. action. And the quarters. Is this Saturday night for the MIVA, Jay? Uh, yes, it is. All right, so Saturday night quarterfinals happening. Quincy Loyola, Grand Canyon Lewis, Lindenwood and Ball State, OSU and IPFW, and, of course, the MPSF, USC and BYU, UCLA, UC Santa Barbara, UC Irvine and Stanford, Long Beach State, and Pepperdine facing off on Saturday. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you. See you guys later. Have a good one. All right, Dan, Dan Robbie, on the way out here on the net live. And uh, we've got to get right to our next guest because he's in the queue, and we know he's a busy man. He's been so busy as of late. Just plain been getting it done in his eighth season, his 24th overall with the program. He's made his life, he's made his family, he's made it work up there at Stanford. I've spent a lot of time up there doing their matches this year, had a lot of fun watching the Cardinal. Early on, there were some question marks. They went 4-4. Four and four. They went 0-5 oh five in five set matches. But they have won 11 straight, including their last two five-set wins over Hawaii and over UC Irvine back on April 11th. Yeah, back on three days ago. Welcome back to the Net Live, head coach John Costi. Costi, are you there? Yeah, yeah. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Hey, hey it, we'll get uh, to the Seattle. Yeah, we Supercross did come off of a good weekend. We'll get to the Seattle Supercross discussion in a moment, I'm sure. Uh, but we <laughs> have to start with volleyball. 11 straight. What's been different about you guys in these 11 matches um you know what i the whole season we've we've just been building and we've been getting better uh we've been working together uh more and more and we're becoming a uh just fundamentally a better team uh our team chemistry uh how we work together it's just uh, it's been great. We've um, we did make some changes from last year to this year, and uh, in the starting lineup, from uh, guys moving positions um, and Shaw having another year under his belt and learning, and I just think that's just the process, and the process uh, is still continuing to this day. We're we're continually getting better, and that's the exciting thing that we have up here at Stanford is we're we are continually getting better. 
A lot of attention paid to your senior outside hitters, Brian Cook and Stephen Irvin. They seem to have delivered. They were Cook, and a first-team All-American last year, Irvin, a second team. They seem to have been this year the guys that we expected. Yep, and these are the guys I've expected uh, when we recruited them also. Uh, I think they're just tremendous athletes, tremendous volleyball players, uh, and they're truly showing their senior leadership this year. And uh, you talked in the opening about our five-game wins and our five-game losses, and I think the biggest change is Brian Cook and his leadership. Uh, in the fifth game against Hawaii, he just took over the match. Second half, he, he put everything away. He we, he got an overpass at the 10-foot line, backed up to the 10-foot line, and, and put the ball away. And so you know, he's, he's really upped his game the second half of the season, and so is Stephen Irvin. And um, I, would, I don't mind riding those two guys as long as we can. Yeah, Eric Mahalski has been key, too, moving from middle blocker out to the opposite spot. Did you, when did you start to see that on the radar? Was that a preseason thing, in-season you thought it was going to happen? When, when did you know you had that option? During the recruiting process, actually, oh, right. we actually talked about it, and, back a few years. and that's the, <laughs> just back a few years, and that and that's that's a credit to Eric too. Is he's a true team player, and we needed him in the middle because we had the other positions secure. Brian Cook for three years was playing opposite for us and doing a great job. We had solid outside hitting with you know guys like Brad Lawson and Spencer McLaughlin, and we had Salt and Irvin, and we we were there. We were good and. Um, we knew at some point we were going to need to move Mo to the opposite position, and uh, we recruited some talented middle blockers, and Conrad Kaminsky, uh, Denny Falls was on the team coming in with Eric and uh, Spencer Haley, and so um, we had the opportunity to do it this year, and I'm glad we, we uh, we'd made the move because he's really coming on strong. Yeah, a lot made of the seniors you have on this team. The three guys we just mentioned have played critical roles, of course, and also it's been about the younger guys. It's also been mm-hmm. about the development of Kaminsky and Shaw, both only sophomores. How is it to manage that difference? A couple of sophomores having to play with guys who've been through the war for four years. Uh, it was actually, it, it's, it's gotten a lot better. And the seniors now understand uh, the crucial role that they play in the development of these younger guys. Uh, last year, that's one of the things that we struggled with. Um, relying on some freshmen and uh, and not necessarily giving them enough confidence as we went through the rough periods, uh, yeah. and and I think that's the maturity of this team, and we're seeing the you know the fruits of everybody's labor, uh, and really the team is really bonding and coming together and understanding that there is no class division in this team. It's we have a team, and these are the this is the unit that's going to keep moving forward. You said the seniors understanding their role. Where do you see that? Is that in practice? Is that on the floor during matches? Is that off the, the practice floor in school? Where are you seeing examples of that? 24-7. And that's what true leadership is. And uh, we had leadership at practice. We had some leadership off the court. Um, you know, and and it, it takes the dedication of our seniors to uh, to truly understand that the job of leadership is 24-7. It's how you conduct yourself. It's how you live your life. Uh, it's how other people view you um, and how you want to be seen and how you want to be the character that you want to display to everybody else. And when you do the right things and consistently make the right decisions, everybody's going to start looking to you 
and, and, and trying to mimic you at practice off the court through your rituals of watching video to uh, going to class every day um, and, and talking the right and doing and talking the right things at practice off the court, staying focused. And, and our seniors truly now understand that. And it does take a while. There are some born leaders, but most of us have to learn how to do that. Uh, and it is a process, and these guys have really taken it to heart. How much were you guys aware of the high expectations for this year external to them? Uh, they knew it, uh, and you know it's uh, we we used to do a countdown, and I got kind of tired of the countdown. Um, but you know you want to get this sense of urgency, and so when you start the season, you have 132 practice days. Uh, then when you come back from the fall, you're under 100. And for seniors, you you kind of get that. But when we came back from spring break, we had like 24 practices left, and all of a sudden wow. they started to think about it. And they had started to think about that sense of urgency. And, and then we laid off because you don't want to put too much pressure on these guys. It's, uh, for us, it's practice today. We know we, we know we play Irvine on Saturday, but it's, it's about today. How are we going to get better today? And what are we going to do on and off the court to make sure we have a great practice, we're healthy, and we're doing the right things? And then after today's practice, we'll start worrying about tomorrow. Well, worrying about tomorrow, you guys can worry about UC Irvine coming up here. They have won 9 of 11. However, they did suffer a loss to you, three sets to do just a few days ago. What about having a rematch with a team so close to the previous <laughs> one, or the rematch so tight to playoff time? Uh, you know what? I, I feel like we've done this before. It, it, it feels like it's Groundhog Day. I didn't look it up, but it feels like we've done this a few times where a team we just had played, we get to play again. Uh, and it may, I, I can't tell you when we played Irvine uh, in 2010, but I know, um, we, I know we clinched home court advantage at Irvine during the last match in five. And so, and I feel like we played Irvine almost the next week. And, and it, it, it happens in the MPSF because everybody's so close that uh, you're going to have these, op- these opportunities to play a team back-to-back uh, back or even back-to-back-to-back. To back to back. And uh, you know what? We're, we're looking forward to the challenge. They're a talented team. Uh, they return, you know, almost everybody from their national championship teams. And, you know, they've got a ton of experience and a ton of confidence, and I'm expecting another battle this weekend. Yeah, you guys had a pretty diverse offense. Brian Cook led with 18 kills, Stephen Irvin with 15. Kaminsky picking up nine kills out of the middle, and Mahalski nine in the opposite, although Mahalski did not have one of his better matches, hitting just 133. On the other side, you see Irvine Connor Hughes hit 344. It's a pretty good number for Hughes this year. What's yep. going to be different about night number two? Uh, you know what? That's that's the uh, um, that's what we're both Coach Niffin and myself are trying to figure out. You know, this is our chess match, and uh, we laid our cards on the table to win this to win uh, last Friday, and now we get to shuffle our deck and see what comes up again. Um, I think both teams are going to have one. They're both teams are going to have a better match. Uh, it was it, it the play definitely swung back and forth with some good good solid volleyball to some okay volleyball um, to miss serve streaks to streaks of aces and and uh, it was a little uncharacteristic for both teams 
to be a little bit of a seesaw match. Uh, I expect both teams to play at a much higher level, uh, and I expect the games to, you know, we've always called this league a two-point league, and I see every game being a two-point game. Um, and uh, I think, you know, both teams are going to come at it and start and just blaze. Uh, I think Jeremy Dano started off the match really well. Uh, he was hitting well over 400 in the first three games, I think. Uh, and I expect him to do the same thing throughout the entire match on Saturday. Yeah, UC Irvine has definitely gotten better over the year. You say it's a two-point league. Well, it was a two-point match, 15-13 in the fifth. <laughs> it doesn't get much closer than that. I mean, for for you as a coach, you've been around 20-plus years now. Matches like that, are they fun? Are they still a little nerve-wracking? What are you feeling during a close match? You know what? It's all it's it's all the all the above, and um, I think the thing I learned is we. We, we as coaches can't get caught up in it. Yes, it's a fifth game, but it's only one side out or it's one point scoring opportunity. And we as coaches have to be even more in the moment than the players do. You know, the players are allowed to get excited and get pumped up and elevate higher and, and swing harder. But coaches got to stay in that zone where do I need a timeout? Think rationally. Do I need a sub here, a blocking sub, a defensive sub? What can I do to give ourselves the best opportunity to score this point and win this match? And um, we love to get excited, but that comes after the match. You know, we've hey, got to stay level-headed and do the right things. Before we let you go, we've got to give a little love to your redshirt junior, Grant Delgado, the libero. Last time we saw him up there about two weeks ago, he was having a ridiculous off-the-hook match. Is the libero position finally something that really matters? Oh, you know what? It, uh, um, from Kerr to Soji to Brinkley to Delgado to Henry, Cassidy, U.S., all of them, you know what? They huge impacts on the match. Huge, yeah. and I don't think I don't think anybody realized how how impactful a libero could be until Kerr came into the league at UCLA, and he showed that you know you can stretch out points, you can you can do amazing things, and then Soji comes in and says, you know what, there's even there's even more that we can do, and um, the the libero position is so key to both offense and defense and rhythm and um it, it just i can't say enough about that position how invaluable it is to to have a great libero um and it, it's it, we you know we stress it a lot uh, and we train it a lot well you guys are fortunate to have grant delgado there in that libero position as well as the rest of your team stanford fun team to watch winners of 11 straight they will face off they are the number three seed they will get number six uc irvine in a rematch of last week coming up here on saturday at maples thanks a lot for being here john i appreciate the time as always and good luck thank you so much you have a good one all right john costi checking in from norcal Talk about his Stanford Cardinal and uh, Jeremy, wake up over there. I'm a wide awake, buddy. Don't ever. <laughs> I always listen to our guests, except for maybe Jay and Robbie. I uh, I was telling John Costi the other day. I said, you know, because Costi Costi was a guy that I hated, hated. Capital, Fer- Ferguson, capital letters. Ferguson was talking about how the hatred was gen- was genuine. Well, I came out of a junior college system that. Yeah, we hated each other in junior college, could not stand each other. And I came into a USA Volleyball tryout situation, tore it up. Nobody knew who the hell I was. Yeah, They're like, oh, number 190, who's that? They're looking around. Oh, it's, uh, hi. 
That would be me over here. Hi. Yeah. I'm from junior college. Nice yeah. to meet you. But then I went to the B team and got basically zero shot at it at the B team. Yeah. was not happy. Shocker. And, and you know what? Probably I wasn't up to the level I needed to be to play there necessarily yeah. to make the team. But I wanted a shot. I got no shot. I blame Costi and Jim McLaughlin. <laughs> I made it my mission to destroy both of them. Yes. Costi's team, too good that year, Stanford, yep. unfortunately. Uh, and the following year, knocked us out of playoffs. But Costi's just too good a guy. He's too nice a guy to hate. You can't. You just can't. And he loves Supercross. He loves motorcycles. Drinking. He's part of. He's part of my crew, and I forgot to throw that into the intro. He is part of my wolf pack. <laughs> he is volleyball, Supercross. He is in the wolf pack. I'm just gonna go out on a limb and say, in that wolf pack, you're the one that carries the satchel. <laughs> satchel? Yeah. You don't the remember that? The man. Come on, man. I've got the the wolf shirt on or whatever. No. No. The satchel. The satchel. You need to go back and watch yeah. okay. The Hangover. Okay. It's not a purse. It's a satchel. <laughs> so I, I really like John Costi, and for that matter, I like Jim O'Gallifant, too. I, I don't dislike those guys, but I was I was angry for a long time about that. I was not not stoked. Did you get into Stanford? Me? Yeah. I, I couldn't get into Stanford out of junior college. You don't take junior college flunkies like me. Come on. you got to have, like, a Ph.D. already coming out of high school to get into Stanford. You know, that's their first question when they recruit, like Conrad Kaminsky, when they found him in the in the forests of the Midwest. Excuse me, son. You've been raised by wolves, but how are your grades? <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're good enough to get him in. So, yeah, it's uh, it wasn't the recruiting that bothered me. It was the the B team stuff. We have oh, I gotta I gotta pull it up here, Jeremy. Your notes. Uh, well, I have lots of notes for today's show. You can tell because the show is a lot yeah, smoother when, smooth. when Kevin has notes. There's no awkward silences. Because yeah. I was texting you to ask about the theme again this week. On the <laughs> Remember when Kevin was introducing Fergie? And <laughs> Two of us. Said, what happened? You said he was like a pro surfer. Yeah. And then you said something either he now he likes boys or he turned <laughs> his really attention. Into boys. He got really into boys. <laughs> but there was like a pause. I said boys volleyball. No, no, no. There was a pause after boys. <laughs> a slight pause. I have like, to go back and consult the tape. You but you two were falling apart. It was. I couldn't look at I Katie. Look at him. Yeah, because my I had tears coming. It out was my bad. Eyes. It was just the way that you said it. I found it highly entertaining, but yeah. I didn't want to disrespect Fergie when he was on the phone, so I muted myself. We're looking at two straight weeks of Jeremy having yeah, adult-level like, comebacks, comebacks to things that just can't be said on can't be said on the radio show. Yeah, Kevin, I don't know what you keep doing to me. You've been lining him up. You could knock him out of the park if we had an opportunity. Yeah. Off off headset, I will just uh, yes, I will make all kinds of comments. They'll be in the bonus podcast. Yes, exactly. Net live overtime. The R-rated. Uh, one note about the AVCA, they are not having a poll next week, so we will have to stick with this poll for next week. Loyola, Chicago, Pepperdine, Stanford, BYU, and UC Santa Barbara, your top five. They will wait until the conference tournaments are over to issue their next poll. I want to look. Jay Hasek, so you could say he's into boys to men? <laughs> <laughs> ABC, DVD. Oh, okay. Man. Vinny Lopes, and off the block, if you don't know who he is, then, well... You're just not really a fan. But if you want to become a fan, go to offtheblockblog.com and check it out. Vinny Lopes does some great stuff about men's and boys' volleyball. He goes through possible scenarios. He has projections for you. He has coverage. He has match recaps. All that, offtheblockblog.com. He also has the 2014 Lloyd Ball Award, an award for the nation's top setter. And he, you can see Vinny Lopes at the finals because his Kickstarter 
got enough money for him yeah. to go cover Chicago. So we'll him making an appearance up at. Uh, I, I think he did we get enough money for oh, him to go to Frontera or something? I too? think he's able to rage while he's in Chicago. Is how much money he got? Yeah, Vinny, twice what he was looking for. I think. Vinny, get yourself uh, a reservation at Frontera Grill. That's a Rick Bayless restaurant. They also have Tompolo Bampo, which is attached. That's the evening time restaurant. But get, go in the afternoon, because I know you're at the matches in the nighttime. Go in the afternoon to Frontera. Get a reservation, otherwise you will wait two hours to get in. And go enjoy some food. Enjoy a nice meal. Buy, have more of everything on the volleyball fans who like your Kickstarter campaign. Kevin will join you. I will be booking mine, because the World League will be there twice. I will have reservations at Frontera this summer. Is Jeremy going to Chicago? No, are you going For to World Chicago? League? Just anything. We don't have a D. You've got to talk to USAV about having a DJ. Are you going to Final Four? No, I, I got the offer. I could have been on the broadcast, but I'm already committed to Supercross. Drink. I can't ditch Supercross. Drink. Yes, you can. Supercross pays me all year. This would have paid me one night. So, yeah, I, I did get the call, though, so it's possible. I don't know who's going to end up doing it. Ray Gooden, probably. That'd be cool. I like Ray. Yeah. He's already there. Not moving very far. Telling you, I, one of my favorite moments, Ray Gooden and I just... Doing our Joe Piscopo and Eddie Murphy thing. Oh, that's, that, oh, can't, that can't be good. <laughs> that awesome. can't be good. <laughs> Anyways, back to this here. The Lloyd Ball Award, the 2014 yeah, Lloyd Ball Award for the nation's best setter during the regular season. Here are your finalists. Mm-hmm. Three finalists. Mm-hmm. We've talked a lot about them on this program. Number one? Micah Christensen. Yes. Did you read this? No. Number two? James Shaw. James Shaw, correct. Now pick number three. Loyola setter, but I can't remember what his name is. No, incorrect. Matt West. Huh. Of Pepperdine. Really? Yep. Matt West also known as, how does Jay pronounce it? <laughs> Peeper D-Day. Peeper D-Day. <laughs> <laughs> Matt West of Peeper D-Day. So, Micah Christensen of USC, Stanford setter James Shaw, and Peeper D-Day's setter Matt West. They are the finalists for the Loy Ball Award. It will be given out for the regular season. And let's Isn't there see. some contractual obligation that somebody from the MIVA has to be in the pool for the Loy Ball <laughs> Award? <laughs> you would think <laughs> uh, April 30th is when the festivities and the Loy Ball Award will be taking place. The overall winner will be announced. Is, is Loy handling it out? That's the other question. April 30th. I don't know. You know, I, I came across an interesting thing this past weekend. One of the journalists for Supercross. <laughs> Drink. Thank you. Has a rent People are rent a champion right program. <laughs> a rent a champion program. <laughs> You call up a guy, you pay for a flight, you pay for a hotel, he hangs out with you for the weekend. Former Supercross champion. Interesting. It, it's a great idea. What but, if you could rent Loy Ball for the weekend? How can I vet who I need to spend time with, though? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, like, you don't get to vet them. That's the fun part. No, some fans, like, I don't know, it's tough. This guy, Denny Stevenson, showed up, and, uh, yeah, he partied a little much the first night, and the, sec- the second day, someone gave the guy who was renting him the advice that keep him away from any sort of... Uh, illicit drugs or alcohol. And he said, ah, good advice. Would like to have had that yesterday. <laughs> uh, too late. Well, but you can, you what if you could rent somebody? You could go hang out with Lloyd Ball. He's got the Lloyd Ball Classic going on on May 10th out in Indiana. They've got teams coming in. It's a warm-up before nationals for his Team Pineapple. For team Pineapple. Yep. Hey, for the right price, you could rent DJ Ruscha. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Huh. I did try to rent, not DJ Ruscha, but I tried to rent one of your cohorts yes over there and thanks a lot for all of you being busy i had to go somewhere else to find somebody where did you go i don't know one of our friends i don't even know we're getting charged i don't know the quality nothing is this for your uh 
Spoon birthday party? Yeah, my 40th birthday party. The year also skipping. Um, Jerk. Yeah, when sorry, sorry. My Jerk. One of my brothers is getting married that day, Kevin. I, I apologize care. that I'm not skipping my brother's wedding. I can't, thought they excommunicated you, you from the Mormon church. No, I am not Mormon, although I'm, I am allowed in the state. Um, but my dad's side of the family is Mormon, so I will be outside of the church while my brother gets married, and then we will all be at the ceremony, uh, reception together afterwards. Ah, uh, so you can't go into the tabernacle if you're not. You're not allowed the tabernacle, huh? Well, first of all, you have to be. What if you put on the PJs? You have to be Mormon, <laughs> but you also have to get permission cool from wave. the bishop of your church to even go into the temple. So not you can't even if you're Mormon, you can't just stroll in and just walk around. What if I run up to the tabernacle and run inside? What's going to happen? You will never be seen again. <laughs> kind of like the Church of Scientology. You just don't go in there unless you're... At Stanford Men's Volleyball just tweeted, said that Coach Costi is a part of his wolf pack. <laughs> Coach Costi has confirmed he is proud to be in Barnett's pack. <laughs> yes. Yes. But again, Kevin's the one wearing the satchel. Right. It's no problem. Even no though problem. he doesn't know I what mean, the satchel is. He doesn't remember that part of the movie. I just got a nice new pair of Asics on Seiki Tiger shoes this past weekend. I'm very proud of. Okay. They will look good with my satchel. Can we talk about Onesuka. Sorry, your Onesuka. dad outfit that you wear when you're doing the broadcast? You can talk about my clothes every day, buddy. You are wearing a nice button-up shirt with a jacket. Huh? During your broadcast at UCLA this past week for the Pac-12. Oh, yeah. Which looks good. Yeah. But you still need to talk to my clother to get some more form-fitting clothes for you. Well, but then hold yeah. on, I'm not done. I wore a good shirt, sports coat, which which is really what TV that is showing. That was my tight shirt. Yeah, yeah, which is TV is showing you. Right. But then you have your shirt tucked in, which fine. That's not how Jeremy rolls, but that's fine. Into your jeans, by the yeah. way. Yeah. With your Asics tennis shoes. Yes. Okay. Correct. Um. Uh, where do I go from here? I'm, I'm going to need to talk to your wife. Is she okay with your style? That's not so much style I mean, she as that's not your style. style. That's function. Listen, it takes an hour and 45 minutes, and that is not a NetLive Barnett exaggeration. An hour and 45 minutes to go 22 miles from my home to UCLA at 4 o'clock. It's not 22 miles. Look it up on Google, buddy. 22 miles It's not even 22. It's actually 20. That's about right. It's It's only 26 for me. Listen, I have to Google map it to get my reimbursement, okay? From here to UCLA? 20 miles. It's only 12 miles from my house to Santa Monica. How is UCLA that much further? Look it up. I'm going to now. I have to go up to 405. It's 24 miles from the Palisades, or 26 miles from the Palisades to my house. The cat's uh, happy. So, or from my house to, from the Palisades to here. So that's about right. Here's what I'm getting at about your uniform. I already tweeted about it. No worries. <laughs> what is your cat doing? Stretching. <laughs> Apparently. That's how you warm your belly when you're in the sun while you lick your arm. <laughs> By the way, does your cat obviously knows I'm allergic to it, so it comes over and rubs itself on my backpack. I saw we got a nice picture of you <laughs> yeah, saying no. Rubbing itself like, oh, don't I'm worry. just going to put all my DNA on your backpack. <laughs> the dander. Dander's yeah. everywhere. Um, it's the tennis shoes, Kevin. Well, I have some Onseki, Onisuka Tigers that are going to be better. Okay, so that's better. So you can wear... I have a hole in my wardrobe, and I'll, I'll tell you that. The hole is the casual, casual dressy. And this is what the 6'8 clothing is for? 6'8 helps, for sure. Casual dressy. Do they make shoes? I'm going to go online. That's the problem. I remember I looked up Creative Recreation. They didn't, they didn't wear... They didn't have size Goliath. Well... <laughs> Creative Recreation did, and I I was stupid yes, because that they a, had a bunch. That is a good casual, could be potential dress shoe. The shoes you're wearing, I know you can't wear. I know a sports coat with shoes that you can wear to the gym. I know, I know. Here's the thing: there's two two forces at work. Number one is the hole in my wardrobe, 
which I tried to correct this week. I'll show you my shoes, Jeremy, after the show. We'll tweet not, a picture of them. I'm not walking into your closet. They're cool. <laughs> they're cool. I'm telling you right now, even for I, you. I trust you. They are cool. Ish. <clears throat> but I found them in Seattle at my favorite store in yeah, Seattle. Yeah, I remember. Sneakery. Yeah. I, I went back there, bought a bunch of socks for the kids and the wife. She's actually she's Did you wearing say socks. Socks. Worked on your sock game. Bitchin' socks. Okay. <laughs> I didn't work. On, I meant to work on my sock game. I bought stuff for everybody else. Didn't buy anything for me. All but right. whatever. Mm-hmm. Bought shoes though. I bought a pair of nice shoes. There you go. That's the problem because people don't make any sort of fashionable kind of cool looking sneakerish type no, thing. No, because you don't fit in their. Um, they make it size to a range. twelve or a thirteen, and honestly, a fourteen barely fits. I usually need a fourteen and a half or a fifteen. You don't want your toes all scrunched in there like this just for fashion I've, wise. I've done that, and I after about a half an hour, I'm done. So anyway, that's where the hole is in my wardrobe. I, okay. Be casual, interesting. We'll work on your game a little bit. Yeah, we're still we're still upside down over here in the corner. <laughs> your cat is unbelievable. Which one is that? That's Ham. How can you tell? Uh, because Ham has two white front legs. Cheese has a left <laughs> orange leg. And also there's a spot on the back, but you can't see the back right now. You just see the white belly. Your cat is unbelievable right now. He's really happy. He this is, is why I love cats. He would be happier if Katie would go over and scratch his belly, but... He's really? Your cat's like that? My cat? Oh, they love it. My cat would freak out if you touched it. I thought you were allergic to them. I am. Yeah, hold on. Let Jeremy get a picture. Hold on, Katie. Jeremy's got to get a picture before Katie goes over and gives some love to Ham. I didn't believe there were cats in this house except for the litter box because I know, he showed I've up. never seen them. And he decided, he's more adventurous. The other one is super scared of everything. I'm not going to lie to you. This may not be the best angle. Nope. <laughs> Jeremy, here's the other. Here's Katie, the other yeah, force. I got it. Okay. Here's the other force at work. Yeah. In my my choice of wardrobe. Mm-hmm. Now I dress up, go full suit for World League. I go full. I was going full suit for yep. a while for Pac-12. Mm-hmm. Here's the deal, though. You don't see. No, I know. You want to be anything else. I get it. I want to wear. The guys, on part of the interruption. I'm wearing shorts. No, I get it. I want to wear a dress shirt, a half dress shirt with the belly hanging out, a midriff. Yeah, midriff. <laughs> with a half coat. Help us all. I want to, and, and like a half tie. I want to see if I can go Just that can far. Get away with it. Yeah, I I did a broadcast this year on football with cut off sleeves on my dress shirt. It was a joke for for work, but yeah, I, I did. I got to drive an hour and forty five minutes to get there. I I'm going in comfortable jeans and shorts, or pardon me, jeans and shoes. Are your cats outdoor cats too? No, indoor only. Do they have claws? Yes, they do. Okay. So be careful, Katie. <laughs> no, he's, <laughs> dude, he's he's super friendly. He won't do anything. To you. He's, He's looking for attention. Hugging my arm at the moment. I think we're good. <laughs> let's uh, let's make sure we thank 6-8 Clothing Company. We talk about style well. 6-8 is one company that has me covered. I own their entire wardrobe, actually. I own everything that they have. No more do you have to push your jeans down to dangerously low levels if you are tall just to make your inseam appear somewhat normal, as I have to do with the ones I have on now because I'm doing laundry. No more do you have to roll up sleeves on your so-called long sleeve shirt. I. Look at this. Look. That's retarded. pathetic. Stupid. Please take a picture of that. Can we, we, need to work, we need to work on your sock game, too. It's terrible. I know. I, supposed to my sock game needs more work. I know. So but I bought stuff for everybody else. Everyone else's sock game is top-notch. <laughs> Dress well, live tall, 6'8 clothing company. It is available at the, the number 6, the number, pardon me, the letters 6, the number 8, clothingcompany.com, 6'8clothingcompany.com. TNL10 will get you 10% off. And let them know that you've been listening to the program, you heard about them, and you're checking them out. You're getting up there to buy something for the tall man, nephew in your life, husband. My brother is going to be thrilled. Your brother. Get him something. They have some fashionable stuff. It looks good. It feels good. It's high quality. And it's really nice. They have, listen to this, L-T-L-X-T. That's extra tall. X-L-T-X-L-X-T if you're Gabe Gardner. So you want to check that out. Thanks to the ABCA for their support of the show. Thanks to Jay and Robbie. Thanks to Bill Ferguson. 
as well as my Wolfpack fellow Wolfpack member, John Costi, who's not carrying the satchel. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to Katie for coming up. Thanks to Jeremy, as always, for being here and running the show. Thanks to my wife for having an extra computer because mine absolutely died last week, 100% dead. going to see if I can revive it this RIP. week. But we had an extra computer so we could run it. Thanks to you, the listener, for being here. I hope you're getting our show via iTunes or otherwise. Be sure and patronize 6-8. Be sure and support the ABCA Bible Mag. Those that support this program that you enjoy, send us your questions, comments, anything. We do read them. TheNetLive at gmail.com, facebook.com slash TheNetLive, and twitter.com. And thanks to Charlie for calling in as well. Oh, yeah. Pardon me. Thanks to Charlie Jennings of Kane University, and good luck in the Division Three. They are playing. April 19th will be the play-in round. Kane waiting for that. And then April 25th, 25th, 6th, 27th, at Juniata. Juniata D3 Men's Championship. There's actually lots of volleyball going on right now. So yeah. I just need some beach to We start. need to pick it up. For me, I need some beach to start. Beach will pick it up soon. All right, let's get out of here. Cool. Peace out. 4-14-14. Yeah. Backwards, it's the same thing. 4-14. That's weird. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All this week. Yeah. All right. Learn something new and then at live. There you go. You're welcome. See you, kids. You're welcome, everybody. Fly Rasta 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 and all the days of your vow of separation No razor shall come upon your head Oh, fly Rasta Fly Rasta There's an evil which we've seen under the sun This is common among men But what have the fool more than the wise Man can't live alone on bread No way I would say Delight in the laws of Jaja Ananja meditate Like a tree planted by water Whose leaves never wither? Fly, Rasta. Fly, Rasta.